Hey gang, this is Fillmore, just letting you know that if you enjoy our podcast, quite frankly, a Howard Stern podcast, and you'd like to donate some money for the upkeep, uh, or you want to request certain clips, please donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash jimfix. That's J-I-M-F-I-X-X. You can donate as much as you want for as long as you want. There's absolutely no obligation. Honestly, I just thought you'd think it was kind of like funny. This chick's real into you, and then like, hey, if you're really into her, you know what? I swear to you, I like stack of Bibles on my children. My life. point is, that I was my thought. Okay, all right. Well, listen, I believe you, uh, but I, I, I don't. Not I, to embarrass I know, you. I know you believe in the Bible, and that, right. that means a lot. No, I said my children's lives. <laughs> That's what I'm being greedy. No, if you get a girl on the air who likes fat guys, I'll I'll yeah. I'll, I'll, in, I'll insult this guy who I say You're fat. I say is my friend on the air and go, like, "Can you believe this hot chick likes fat guys? I'll do my bro, the gayest fucking thing ever, bro." <laughs> says that, and uh, I do douchebag. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Is douchebag better? Yeah, and you want to know something? I thought you were a bro. Honestly, I don't want to be a bro. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Why are you You're treating me like I'm a shithead? I am what? not. I would do this for any of my bros. This is dumb bros. This is right, fuck I'll, you. Look, I'll fuck you. So leave she doesn't want to just fuck you. She's looking at me. I don't want to date her. And the whole, I was against the dial-a-date thing. And then that girl, she was a little bit older. She was, you know, uh, I don't know how much older, but definitely older. She, you know, uh, was out in the professional world out there and, um... It was more of a woman just in the sense of, of her life experience. And I did. I, I actually hit it off with that girl. Right. Know, and I tried very hard to make that work. And uh, it turns out she had a boyfriend. <laughs> you know, Howard uh, News found that she had a boyfriend. So I've been kind of burned going down this road before. I'm uh, you can say, I'll get in the studio and I'll get there. It'll be free food and I'll take some free food home to feed my kid who hasn't eaten in a week. Just I cashed my check from Chuckles and Mineola to buy Coke from the guy on the LIE who sells the oranges. <laughs> and then Levy picks her up and uh, applies her with drugs and gets her up here and she's stoned out of her mind. And she goes, I like that guys. I like that guys. Howard and Gary fall for it like the suckers that they are and they get her in here and she's in a bikini and I'm giving her my number and Levy's outside getting free crumpets for the family. What if I strolled in a girl who's into geeky-looking, pelican-looking guy? I cared about you. And, and she's got a fetish. She's into pelicans. Bring her in. And, so uh, so you say I look whole, like a pelican. Yeah, you're saying I'm fat. The whole segment is about this hot chick somehow liking an obese, disgusting Fuck guy. Off. You're a fucking asshole. Welcome, everybody, to another installment of uh, QF, a Howard Stern podcast, a podcast about Howard Stern specifically. I'm your host, Fillmore, a.k.a. Jim Fix, a.k.a. Fillmore Fingers. With me, of course, is Sam. Hi, QF fam. And, of course, making his triumphant return uh, from the psychological abyss <laughs> that is Howard's brain, uh, what what little P -A -A whatever almonds he's got left in it, Bob D, <laughs> coming from us from Chicago. How are you doing, Bob? Good. How are you guys? 
See, Bob sounds all pimp. Now he's he's all hooked up. We got him a new mic, and now he sounds now now it's a where it's a level playing field altogether. Mm-hmm. We are going into the bro fight, ladies and gentlemen. We decided not to announce it. We want you guys to hear it when it gets released, and uh, we're going to be t- tackling this uh, piecemeal. But uh, specifically, uh, Bob is in for the bro fight itself. Sam and I will do the extra color commentary for the preamble, the actual the girl coming in, Jen, and uh, the background of the wrap-up show and possibly even the one after the bro fight. Now, this was such a huge seminal moment in um, Sirius, especially the Howard Artie kind of the the relationship between them. What do you guys remember from hearing this the first time? It's a long time ago, but what do you guys, what was your first thought, uh, Bob, when you first heard this? <clears throat> I thought that's the beginning of the end, honestly. Um, I just, I, I knew that Artie had crossed a line and I knew Howard was pretty upset about what Artie said. And, you know, Artie was putting up boundaries and I just felt like nothing good was coming of it. It was, I felt like it was significant even when I heard it happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam? I felt uh, it was a train that really sped up during uh, this fight. I felt like Artie was on track and getting annoyed from um, a few things that mm. the show stuff was that was going on the show before. And then all of a sudden it just hit warp speed where it was like, <laughs> there's no stops. This is going there. But I could tell previously before this incident that things mm. weren't OK with mm-hmm. Artie. And mm. I could tell he was getting agitated. And like just like when um we were doing the 15 foundation and Robin and I could tell when Howard's hitting on these notes that he's trying, he's agitated with Robin Mm -hmm. before this bro fight. I could tell that Howard was getting agitated with Artie. Yeah. Uh, and well, as you guys will hear in subsequent, well, I don't know how this is going to work, but either way, there's the, the, the wrap up show following the appearance of this girl on the show is where Artie really explains the roots of why he was pissed. And none of it was helped by Howard, uh, Howard's nonsense about it being about the show. And you'll hear it yourselves in this bro fight and we'll get right into it because it is a long, long clip. And so we're going to start it off with Robin's particular brand of bullshit. If everybody remembers, what's the phrase? Uh, I heard that. I heard something about Again. That. Again. <laughs> no, but the, she starts it off. What's, what's the famous oh, phrase? Hello. That's, hello, that's correct. Jerk. Yep. Sa- Sam for 200 and the Daily Double. Uh, here we go, guys. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Hello there, jerk. Hey now. <laughs> I already called you a jerk yesterday. What? You nitwit. <laughs> Why'd you call me a jerk? I don't remember. When did I do that? On the wrap-up show, oh. he called you and Gary jerks. Yeah. Yeah, the by the way, I heard about this. Effect. Now I know what you're talking about. I um, want to tell you something. I will never, ever again attempt to bring a girl in here who says she's into okay we had to stop it there for the 30 seconds to got that's for for start off but how about that <laughs> i'm sorry can you, who's playing the music during the back of this where it's like can you can you lower it who's in charge of that like day crescendo howard. crescendo howard he's completely in charge of the board so he can determine when that's going off when the volume gets louder when he wants it potted down completely 
Um, but it might be it might be Fred who starts it, but Howard's the one who controls the volume all the time. Oh, well, that makes Robin sense. in this Robin in this whole fight is just fucking insufferable. This mm-hmm. is some of the just man, you just really want to reach through the fucking speakers <laughs> and grab her. It's so bad. <laughs> well, you know she, what? Yeah, she's insufferable. But lately, because Fillmore and I have been tackling the Fifteen Foundation, the Sally Jesse Raphael stuff, I ha- I'm at my limit, and we have we aren't we aren't even like a second in, <laughs> and it's oh, like, God. oh, hello, jerk. Yeah, it, and I'm re- the- and I'm ready to get the machete out. <laughs> you want to just open her little it. room and. You want to open her room and throw a tear gas can in there and shut the fucking door on her? <laughs> Rubber bullet, Robin. <laughs> well, the worst part of it is, yeah, when you get a little Robin overload, because not only did we do the 15 Foundation and are we doing, we're continuing to do it. We did another Robin-centric episode from, I told you about this one, Bob, but I don't want to give any details away, from mid-90s. And mm-hmm. she's she's just as bad. Like you realize, there's been no progress made whatsoever psychologically. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll continue with this. Artie, I'm going to tell you great. something. Thank you. Honestly, I'm fucking shocked by your reaction, like calling me a jerk, and also, like, I, honestly, I said to Gary, I go, I what did you do so wrong? Sure, it's interesting, but like, I just know sometimes it's hard to meet women. And one of the cool ways to meet them, if you have this job, is like if they walk in here and they're kind of cute. And how do you know that something and spectacular won't happen? Like their eyes will meet and they are the two perfect people for each other. And I swear, I only, I was like kind of like doing it like I'd want someone to do it for me. And Okay, by the way, they, you notice that Artie has not said a fucking word. And it's not, be, it's not for no reason either. Uh, Sam? Mm-hmm. I like how it started. See how it started? She said, oh, hello, jerk. He called you a jerk. And he he pretended at first that he didn't know what she was talking about. Then he obviously knew this was happening. He goes, oh, I know what you're talking about. And then he parrots what Robin says. So neither of them actually listen to the wrap up show or they're just, you know, building this false narrative. And they already have both had it in their heads how we're going to how we're going to get you. Yes. And so, Bob, I was going to say, Bob, do you think this was pre-planned? We know that Howard was planned, planning to talk about this for sure. But do you think he talked to Robin about it and commiserated yeah. and said something like, we got to get him? I, I I definitely think he did. And I definitely think that she was told to, to just have Adam and um, set the whole thing up, bring it up early, bring it up as quick as you can, and let's jump on him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how much... Of of my analysis, you want me to go into right now? As much but as you like, I sir. Give, I, I can <laughs> yeah, give you please. sort of like. <clears throat> Let's here's, uh, here's. I want a preface of what you think they're thinking before yeah. they pretend this. Yeah. Well, well, here's here's what I think is going on. Just to give a larger frame to just the cycles that I see with MPD, the cycles that I see. Um, with Howard and and his employees specifically, but so the way that someone with narcissistic personality disorder will get someone to change their behavior that they don't like behavior and someone else that they don't like. So 
let's say like a, a narcissistic husband doesn't want his wife going out with a certain group of friends, <clears throat> he'll he'll start to insult that group of friends. He'll start to become abusive towards the behavior. He mm -hmm. won't be direct. He won't say, I don't want you going out with X, Y, and Z. He'll start mm -hmm. to become abusive towards it. He'll start to make fun of them. He'll start to make fun of what they're associated with. He'll start to just take these shots. So the thing with Howard and Artie, in my, in my view, Howard is very aware of what Artie's bringing to the show. And as much as I think people speculate that he became jealous of Artie or whatever, I don't really think that he was. I think that he viewed Artie as, at this point, becoming essential to the show's success, which is always his um, you know, end goal, because success for the show means success for him, not everybody else. He's the one that eats everybody else gets to pick up and and Artie's being insanely underpaid either way yes so what i what i think is going on and has been going on like sam commented is that you know they're, they're howard's annoyed with Artie. now the reason why he's annoyed with Artie is because howard is starting to see and he's not wrong here you know Artie is playing with fire on a lot of different levels you know from his weight to substance abuse to alcohol to gambling i mean say what you want but all of those things could go south really fucking fast for anybody and and sure. Artie's even sort of entertaining that idea like i may wind up waking up you know i might i might wind up not waking up tomorrow or you know he he's kind of being more open about that so howard isn't doesn't really have concern about Artie. he's concerned about himself and his mm -hmm. show and his product mm -hmm. and his money so i think Howard wants Artie to change his behavior. And the way that he's sort of done that is he started to, on a routinely basis, abuse and insult his eating, his gambling habits, mm. saying he's a loser with gambling, saying that, you know, making fun of his subutex, his drug use, his alcohol. You know, he, he's sort of like, it's that way of them getting you to change your behavior. And so I think... What what had happened at this point, and it happens in a lot of people, it's sort of their breaking point <clears throat> with anyone who's in a relationship with someone who has psychopathy or MPD, is that all this abuse becomes so second nature and so constant that it becomes the norm in the relationship and the abuser doesn't actually think that what they're doing is wrong because it's become so commonplace. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, um, it reaches extreme levels. Like I've seen cases where like some, someone's spouse has MPD and they'll bring in the neighbors to make fun of the other spouse or they'll, they'll humiliate kids. What were you going to ask? So, when you're saying this, you think you think that because remember it was all fun and games, like the addiction, the drinking, the sloppiness, the eating, it was fun. It was fodder for fun. But mm -hmm. then it became where he realized he needed Artie. And yes. <clears throat> these addictions now are being it's almost blasphemous and he's going to be very upset. And instead of bringing it up in a fun sort of way, it's a critical, it's a critical way. And now all of a sudden we're concerned about your health and we it, care about you. It's, it's become abusive. 
And yeah. I think Howard does care about his health, not out of like the way that you care about a friend's or family member's health, but he's looking at it. This is my biggest asset. This is yes. my the captain of my team. I, it's I think he's at the this golden point, goose. He's, he's he's voted as being like the most essential uh, member of. Um, the staff or who's voted the most likable. Yeah. So Howard's aware of this and see mm-hmm. the reason why Howard's not jealous is because Howard always takes credit. It was my idea to bring Artie on. Therefore, whatever Artie does, that's a success means that I'm a success. Cause I had the vision for him. You know, you hear that a lot, how he goes right. into how it was his idea to bring him on. So <clears throat> going back to what I was saying, sometimes when people, it's almost like a constant brainwashing, and even the victim will get used to the abuse. But sometimes it'll reach a level to where it becomes so extreme, like we're bringing in outside people and making entire bits out of humiliating me. Like that's that's this is getting extreme. Like when you start bringing in outside people to to facilitate more abuse, I think that already kind of hit a point. And and in a lot of ways, what Howard did do wasn't that out of the norm and in his Mm -hmm. mind i do think that howard was genuinely surprised Mm -hmm. but it was just that's just the point that anyone who's abused suffers or or reaches and they just go you know i i'm not doing this anymore like there's boundaries that are going to go up or i'm at least going to convey to you that i don't approve this and uh that's what i think happened so so in, in 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 if i can sort of get back into that a little bit in your estimation bob Artie was conditioned to receive this sort of passive aggressive um bashing as part of the show part of the formula but internally or consciously or subconsciously i'm not sure if right which way he he consciously he had enough of being a punching bag for the purposes of a show bit and yeah. uh, no, this this fat thing. It's like someone saying, "Look, I can I can make fun of my weight, but I really don't like it when other people make fun of it." I think that's what well, really yeah. got to him. You're bringing in a now we're bringing in a complete stranger that I don't know, and you're mm-hmm. using this as another tool. Like you guys are really starting to get calculated, and this is getting to be too much. Mm-hmm. I just think Artie hit that breaking point there. And he even sort of alludes to this later on when he's talking about how Howard brings things up that are told to him in confidence, which, by the way, is another hallmark of narcissistic personality disorder. That's something mm-hmm. they do frequently. Mm-hmm. But he's like, you know, things that just get brought up on the show by you, he's like, those are like scud missiles to other people. Like, he's alluding to the fact that this abuse has become so, like, the level of devastation in the abuse mm-hmm. is so extreme and it's become so casual mm-hmm. that, like, you don't you don't think anything of it. So, um, yeah, that was sort of my view on what happened here. Okay. Sam, you wanted to say? I just think it's like a... It's almost like an orchestrated hit, like in a say in like a mob movie where it's like they start bringing these characters in like, oh, you're going to start working with this guy. Okay, who's this guy? And all of a sudden you're in a car with two people in the back seat, and it's just like, no, I'm not getting in this fucking car. I'm calling you out. Hello, Carlo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and look at what happens when when whenever you put up boundaries and someone becomes angry, 
that's a pretty good indication of some sort of abuse going on because Artie didn't set up any boundary that was unreasonable. No. And the, they were just saying, no, no, we get to we get to brutalize you and you don't get to have and he's just I don't even think that he he mostly kind of gray rocks him here. Yeah. And because Artie's actually talented and actually extremely witty, you see Howard just gets decimated. I mean, he mm -hmm. looks bad yeah. by the end of it. Artie definitely bests him here. Yes. And um but well, you see the that clip. there's one last thing I want to say is you see there's something more going on because there's Artie is bothered by these things in Howard and he's he's seriously bought you can tell he's really bothered when those things got brought up on air and he seems to indicate that there's a huge pattern with that with Howard and um yeah anyways yep we'll get let's continue it. guys we'll get, we'll do our best to power through you could be lighthearted about it it's not an insult I don't know where he got this idea that somebody's saying he's hard up I don't know, man, but I guarantee you, I will ne you will never, ever. I mean, Fred met Allison on a Absolutely. date on this show. I don't know, man. Yeah, oh, I mean, like that's some pinnacle. Yeah, it's interesting, but also it's your reaction that's bizarre. Yeah, you I mean, made it even better. Uh, he goes, oh, Howard's not my bro. I'm like, no, I was that's doing it. How many times did I used to ask? The funny thing about the Allison, the, 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 what he's bringing up now is actually... A very different thing. Fred was a loser. He was not a stand-up comic doing the rounds. And as Sam pointed out in a way earlier episode, Artie, as a comedian, was tr pulling way better trim than any of the people in that studio could ever have done just being on the road. Because there are all mm -hmm. kinds of, you know, musicians get groupies. So do comedy, uh, so do comedians. I mean, they, and they have that appeal. It's like not just a funny guy, but of a guy who's getting paid to be funny. They've got this notoriety. They know, people know, feel they know who they are before they've even met them. So you, the sort of the uh, setup is already done. So for him to go in and then put this girl who's, who is like a Jersey six, maybe a Jersey mm. seven. I have no idea. Like she was all right, I guess, if you like that type. But she wasn't anything better than he could get himself. And then what he's going to say on the wrap-up show, which we'll cover again, I guess, that he the previous thing he did was the um, the three girls that came in studio, and he was supposed to pick one to do, go on a date with. But to have Howard TV fucking film the date, right. like to go that far, I'm sure at that point, Ari was like, fuck you. My life is not 100% mm. fodder for your fucking show. And he probably went along with it, but I guarantee he was fucking pissed at that time and didn't say it. Absolutely. Sam? And let's pick up on the fact that they are now describing Fred's marriage and how he met Allison in a completely opposite light from when that actually happened. And Fred took her home and mm. met his wife. They painted that in such... A negative light like I can't believe you actually took this girl home remember he was late to work and yeah. then they mocked him forever for Not marrying only... for marrying a listener his marriage was a complete joke to them yeah. and yeah. fodder for the show so yeah. it's it's actually insanely enraging that he right. thinks his listeners won't remember how he painted the marriage of Fred and Allison and now sure. he's using it right now as a defense like oh look he met his wife on our show right. see how no great one... that is no one remembers the rainbow room. Are you kidding me? The rainbow room fight, Tony and Tina's wedding, all that crap where they got the guy in and Fred walked out and he was all pissed like it was some kind of rosy Disney, uh, you know, Disney show. Bob? He's like, he's gaslighting his audience again. Totally. Like, 
it, it wasn't yeah he, he took a lot of shit over that oh yeah even yeah and anybody wants to look online the archives and stuff you'll hear any forum will tell you the same thing they were all on team Artie for this a few a few would say like ah he's being too sensitive but if you knew the insidious nature of how howard and well, how he could be, there's no way you could be take howard's side at all it's like walking in and someone smacks you every day and it's just like one day it's just going to be that smack and you're going to turn around and, and fucking give them a, a right hook. And they're going to yeah. go, what'd you do that for? And you're like, dude, you smack me every day. Oh, it's just a smack. It's like, yeah, yeah but you do it every fucking day. Every day. And now, mm-hmm. and now I'm going to hit you back and I'm way stronger than you are. And you know that. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what I see happen. The other thing too, Bob, isn't it funny? The smack is... Artie was a listener, so he remembers when Allison was on the show with Fred and that yes. whole thing. So he knows what he's saying. Like, look, Fred Matt Allison on the show. Well, Artie was a listener. He remembers. He knows Artie's how you mm-hmm. treated the situation. So you are smacking him all over the place. Not <laughs> only that, but if you, Artie also knows the dance of Howard's bullshit. So when uh, the, the more verbose Howard gets and the more fumpering he knows, the more he's full of shit. Because he's now mm-hmm. seven years into the job, six years into the job, rather, and he's heard it all. He's seen it all. He also knows the behind-the-scenes stories with the lawsuits. He knows about the. He probably knows about Allison and the divorce at this point. So, and he knows about the stuttering John thing. So, he, like Stern's no longer this big monolithic whatever. He is yeah. very flawed, and he is very. Um, uh, he just he's just incredibly flawed in Artie's eyes. No matter what kind of great, like however however grateful he appears subsequently, or even after this, you know, like especially after this um, fight takes place, it doesn't leave his mind about what he really knows about Howard. Yep. It's never gone. Mm-hmm. It's never absent. So right. let's continue. You to hook me up, yeah, Harry. Like go into the room with one of our guests and go, uh, hey, uh, Howard wants your number. Yeah, but and also on the show, we're all about, I mean, yeah, we fuck with each other, but we're all about hooking everybody up. You Even I mean? when, you know, like Angie Everett, I was making, I was doing the, uh, a push. And it didn't hurt. Although that had already gone down. I know, but I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> right. So I was hey. pushing it right into your arms. Hey, I got a segment coming up. I don't know whether to cancel it or not. There's a woman coming in next week. Who's... Cancel it. No, 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 no. One last. No. no. Okay, so there you got Bowie coming in. He's another monkey we need to, uh, because Howard needs an army. He can't fight alone. It's not going to be single, single, yeah. one-on-one, mano, mano, mano. It's got to be, uh, let me fortify these fucking redoubts and let me, let me make sure I got my machine gun set up because yeah. it has to be an ambush. It cannot be I'm organic. telling you, the trial, yeah. and yeah. everybody's already got all the cases made. Right. And now and you know it's funny like you commented Artie's been there for long enough. Artie knows there's going to be some lame ass fucking thing. Like you got a girl coming in here. It's not going to turn into anything. It's going to be some shitty bit. Like like you really think he cares? He doesn't care. It's gonna, <laughs> so. not only is it going to be a shitty bit, but it's a shitty bit that's not on terrestrial that's even meeting the same amount of listeners as it would have in 2002 yeah. if you would have done this fucking shitty bit. Right. And as mm-hmm. you guys, as you guys will have heard of Sam, Sam and I breaking down the actual appearance that the it's, it's, it's galling to Artie that this was all done under the pretense of hooking him up when it really was just content. We need content. We're going to bring this girl in. And then that Bob, De- Bob Levy's involved. 
So he's like, oh God, another reason for Levy to, you know, and, and the famous rant, another reason for <laughs> Levy to be on the show basically. And I'm being the crowbar and he's just fucking resentful. And I, I wouldn't blame him one bit. And I don't no. blame him one bit for getting as, as fucking annoyed. Cause it wasn't just about him saying, oh, he's, she's a fat fetish and stuff. That was part of the whole shebang. So let's continue. The whole rap her, she's the female Artie. She wrote us this letter. She's like, I'm just like Artie. You know, she's she's had drug problems. No, don't want her here. So we're gonna Tell her to go fucking home. Okay. And no, I don't no, care no, if no, goddamn no. Gina Lola Bridget's sister comes in here who's 18 <laughs> What a what a what a fucking <laughs> appropriate uh, what a, an appropriate time appropriate reference. Gina yeah. Gina Lola Are you are you kidding me? <laughs> what if Donna I mean, Reed Donna Reed came in? <laughs> yeah. Well, how about Fucking the first Janet thing they? Lee. How about the first thing they go to? She's a female artist. She's got drug problems. Like that's all she is. Oh, like wow, yeah. Thanks. You're starting. Not he's problem. not. She's a female comedian, or she's from New Jersey. She's a drug addict, just like yeah. you. Like wow. Thanks for starting off on a high note with. Yeah, exactly. And like this is this is helping a brother out. We're going to hook you up with wow. someone with as many issues as you have. Exactly. <laughs> you give advice to if you give advice to people who have a substance abuse, don't you think it's a good idea to hook them up with other people with substance abuse? <laughs> yeah, that that always turns out well. <laughs> Just hand a suicidal vic, somebody who's suicidal a noose, a couple of syringes, a, a handgun with, you know, like a 15 clip mag and uh, you know, it's like Anyway, let's uh, let's see. It's like, hey, Courtney Love, meet Kurt Cobain. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no girls. I don't, don't want to be called a jerk. I'll throw you one he more. He did not know yeah. that Artie was going to have this reaction when that woman was booked. Don't ruin her no. life. She wanted to come in. Nope. I got one more. Ruin her What? What? <laughs> don't ruin her life. <laughs> Robin, like Robin cares life out of, out of anyone she made interns lives living hell she made girls get naked in front of their brother and said we're not going to give you the money until you do Fuck well she didn't you. she didn't she didn't make them she uh she tried to grease she, the wheels yes grease the yeah. wheels yeah and then the other the other thing <laughs> i do love that too like the, the every single angle to try to make Artie look like oh he's the bad guy no matter yeah. how ludicrous it sounds, they got to throw that at her. So let's continue. <laughs> let's continue. I already feel hard up when we got uh, um, Carmen Electra to let, you know, let let her let already feel her up. I don't know. Ask Artie. What are you asking me for? Like, what, did you feel hard up about that? Like, that was us helping a brother out. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of my favorite Artie moments ever. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't give a shit about anything they're saying right now. On top of that, on top of that, he still took a bite of something and he's like, yeah, uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It was straight out of Bugs Bunny. And, um, he, um, the funny thing is that he gets them laughing and that's yeah. the, that only makes them angrier because they're supposed to be piling on him, but he still made them laugh in the middle of it. That happens <laughs> a few times in the. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, here's Artie on the wrap-up show as long as you bring it up. I am so uncomfortable with these find Artie a date segments. I hate it. I hate that attention. I feel like I'm a pathetic sort of loser who needs this attention. And it's just, it's patronizing. It's just so patronizing. Come on, you're my bro. I'm helping you. No, it's not what bro does. Uh, he doesn't bring some, uh, a girl on who has a... Yeah, bros don't help other guys out, okay, the chicks. Wait That's what minute. all my bros do. What is that do. all about? That's what we do. I mean... Okay, I've got to stop it there. Sam. Okay, so I think it's really weird that Gary said, "Were you were you um, okay up. with when you got to feel Carmen Electra up?" This is a completely different um, preface. Like this bit has nothing to do with feeling up a celebrity. Not yeah. one thing whatsoever. It's not Carmen Electra gets felt up by a fat drug addict. Now this is completely separate. So it's really interesting to me that they're putting that up as the argument for why you're you're not okay with this. And mm-hmm. you were okay when I was a bro for this, but you're not okay for this? Like, o- what? Al- it's apples and oranges, dickhead. Also, also, one thing they pulled the curtain behind a little, they pulled the curtain back a little bit on a wrap-up show that I, I know I have somewhere, but I can't recall exactly which one. Um, but Artie was saying, uh, and Gary has said, they had sponsors that definitely asked for certain bits to be sponsored for. So, like, I, we want to pay, we want to pay you guys this much, but we want to do an Artie segment. We want to do something with Fred, which I'm sure at that point never happened anymore. But they were willing to pay X amount more if it was an Artie segment. Like, it was, uh, you know, uh, they get, we'll give you like options. It can be a Richard and Sal thing. It can be an Artie thing. But uh, that was a way to get more sponsorship money. And so right. I'm sure. This is all also, you know, part of um, um, a thing where, like, if it involves Artie, we're going to get more play out of it. That's just all the that's bottom line, right? So those yeah. d- date segments, whatever, someone uh, someone behind the scenes is saying, if you can plug us somewhere during this, uh, that would be great. And that's going to be the basis of the bit. So, I would, I, Jesus, I would be fucking annoyed as hell if I knew that was the machinations behind the whole thing as well. He's just he's just saying this is yeah this is all bullshit guys and she was brought in here because she's supposedly out of my league which is bullshit and that chick is like a, a four or five she's not that good looking like no. even if they're trying to make this bit that this girl is way out of Artie's league she definitely was not so on every level he's just yeah this is just bullshit mm-hmm. and then if, you, if anybody wants to know she's also was on a. Um a reality cooking show uh, more recently. What? Not joking. I have the clip somewhere. It's on YouTube. You can find it. And um, so she was always kind of looking to angle herself to fame, like just being a fame whore. So she's like a drug addict, Katie Lee Joel. Well, yeah. I mean, like she, uh, she's, she's trying to rock the, uh, all the, you know, 19, 1997 Rose McGowan look, but um, comes off looking more like, I don't know, Shirley Temple Black or something. So anyway, we'll, <laughs> we'll <laughs> go further into this, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, and if you see the video, uh, I'll show you, she never changed her look. She just got like 10 years older and all of a sudden she's not a four, she's a three and mm. you know. Uh, it's it's uh, pathetic. Anyway, wait to, oh, wait wait a minute. Wait till you do this podcast with me for a few more years. <laughs> <laughs> when we were all single, 
We were fucking dealing each other's chicks all over the place. So do it off the air. You always uh, Hey, you, fine. You, I'm, I'm not doing it off the air. Oh, fuck yourself. You, <laughs> we talked about it on the air. You talked about how you got uh, Melissa to come meet Ross and what all oh, of yeah. you guys did that night at the dinner. That's just the way I am, but fuck it, man. If, I, if I'm going to be called a jerk for doing that, you know what? Somebody be a jerk to me and so hook me up with hot chicks. Yeah, yeah, throw girls at you. Yeah. Yeah, and, and by the way, you could be sure I won't call you a jerk. <laughs> okay, so oh. it's, predi- it's 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 predicated on a lie anyway, and a or a mishearing from Robin. What else is new? Something else what she fucks up. Credulous. See you <laughs> next Tuesday, Robin is. I'm not even kidding. What an incredulous. See you next Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Me, me, me. I want to rip her fucking head off when she does this shit. Sorry. It's ar- these, It's arguable. They're, they're... Yeah, go ahead, Rob. They're, they're talking about two different things. Mm-hmm. Hooking your friend up, sending a ch- Like, th- this is an on-air bit. This is yes. not even close to the same thing, man. Like, this, we're, we're not even talking about the same thing here, so. And the only reason, don't you think that they're being like this? Okay, so it was a bit. Why is that so hard to admit? That it's a mm-hmm. joke bit that's going to highlight your weight. Okay, fine. Shitty. But well, they're yeah. not admitting that, which is infuriating. And they're acting like, oh, yeah, we deal each other girls all the time. Remember Melissa? Remember Ross? Remember Gary? Remember Fred? It's crazy. And also, Artie knows that Melissa, uh, allegedly, was the ex-hooker that, you know, that that Ross, Ross you know, man, married. He's she's the pretty woman thing. And if you see her, she looks exactly like some hosebag. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to insult um, people who have I have no affiliation with and don't know anything about, but she just looks. She had a bit part on um, Sex in the Sex City. Sex in the her, City. That's what I was going to say. They had yeah. an opening, so that yeah. episode where Samantha Jones is having a party at a guy's right. house that she used to be with. Right. She, they, she has the party, and these two bimbas have. Yeah. They crash the party and they say, oh, well, this person said I could use the house whenever I want, even though she's hosting the party. She comes out with these giant tits. She gave us they had a party for Melissa Zapin and she gave a speech like she won an Academy Award for that two second part of her flashing her tits on screen. (laughs) That was the sum total of her acting acumen. So um, she got these two fucking pontoons that were drooping further than they could. They they were almost going through the earth to China, but um, fake. Yeah, I don't, I I presume so, but the God anyway. So you're right though, Bob, this bit compared to supposedly hooking people up off the air, there's no comparison. And already he knew all this when he was going through it. So all he's leering, he's going, he's just hearing, ever see that far side um, cartoon where the guy is t- the, talking to his dog, like here, Bowser, Hey Bowser, how's it going? And then you hear the, you see the dog uh, imagining what he's hearing and it just goes, blah, 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 Bowser, blah, 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 Bowser. That's already listening to yep. this nonsense, just waiting for the next fucking mind to be set off and he uh, knows this is all bullshit he's like i know how you guys are you guys aren't friends no No. one's hooking anybody else up with anybody you know like that exactly just he's not playing the game right now yeah most likely howard's a froja let's keep going going. boy girls used to be marched in here and say hey uh, let me see what i let me see what's going on here yeah, right. And if a girl wrote a letter that she was attracted to me, we book her right on the fucking show. Absolutely. Regardless uh, I, of the reason. I'll do it for myself. Call me hard up. I am hard up. Fuck it. I want. I want to. <laughs> you want to see what's interesting. Why not? It's like going fishing, except the red, they club the fish <laughs> over the head. Throw it back if you don't want it. Yeah. 
They starved the fish for five days. <laughs> Sam? Could you imagine Artie during October? <laughs> I'm hard up. And then he's like, anybody send your pretty penis pics to Ralph or me. He Let probably, me judge. Artie would have been 500 pounds. He would have been the size of that guy, Tiny, who called in and had people he paid to wipe his ass for him because he was that large. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget Tiny. Make it a little easier. Dude, you got your wish. You can be sure you ain't meeting any chicks through me. Thanks. <laughs> fucking to you. I don't if need to meet chicks through you. No, you if don't. If he met the perfect girl for you, now he'd keep her away. Oh, yeah. Fine. You, you go fuck yourself. He's not going to meet the perfect girl. You home don't know. Off. He could meet the woman of your dreams. Oh, Robin, please. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, you know what's interesting is Artie became, like, the average listener. Like, yeah. Artie, like, you are Artie. You know, like at this point, like you're listening to it and like, yes. I'm thinking the same thing he is right now. You're like, sure. yeah, he's going to he's going to meet the woman of my dreams. Like, shut the fuck up. You know, like it, was... I think that makes him more endearing is like he's actually the audience in the studio, you know? Right. <laughs> well, well, the the he was the representation of the audience. I mean, we didn't all do heroin and we didn't all eat uh, pizza gain, he called it. And we didn't <laughs> drop our vowels when we were pronouncing Italian luncheon meats. But um <laughs> like uh, he, he he yeah, it was just if you were enough of a super fan at the time when you heard the show, there's no way you would have bought any of Howard's bullshit wholesale. You just couldn't. Yeah. So, I I also love just how he gray rocks in such a dismissive tone. Like, yeah. oh, Robin, please. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. he, he knows her like a fucking book as well. That, see, that's the thing they, I think those two forgot. He was like a super fan of the show before he became a cast member. That's what I said. Yeah. So, I mean, but, but they don't realize that. Like, they're forgetting that he knows their goddamn history. He did not have a hard drive with all their fucking shows and cut it up and put on YouTube. Whatever you want, man. You want to know something? Fred met the woman of his yes, dreams, so fuck you. But you know something? Artie's a different guy. So. That's right. Yeah, he's, he's a... The woman of his dreams that he almost left like six times. Fred, hmm. he fought on the air and threatened to fucking leave when she was working on to play Kissing Some Dude. That was the woman of his fucking dreams? Or Fred was so fucking hard up, he would have screwed a fucking pumice stone uh, he, that, that showed he... interest in him. He literally acted like a guy who was 15 to life and just got out. Right. Fred was Cameron in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You know, he's going to he's going to fuck. He's going to marry the first girl he lays. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was, was the impression that I got. Fred? That whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Same. yeah. yeah, exactly. Just because he had no game. He was just a gameless dweeb and uh, played sound clips and didn't actually have the, the balls to say anything to anybody. So, God, you can't do anything. For you know, I think Artie's one of those very private people when it comes no, to No, he's very bitter. Because, because most people I say, hey, he this is. is kind of fun. I might, well, I get the preview. I, mean, I, I tell chicks. you. And it, but but he's taking it like I'm. Like you know he what? feels he's a loser, so he's saying to me, "You're making me look like a loser." I think he's also looking at taking yeah. a little too seriously. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's he, what we're he took, saying. He's it was as serious as a heart attack to him yesterday when that girl came in. Because I mean, I was a little like, "Wow." Now Fred's also full of shit because there's no one taking more umbrage to stuff on the show being said about him than Fred. Like you're, he's being mm -hmm. too sensitive. What are you talking about? You hate Howard. You hate the fact that he's been belittling you your entire career talking about you'd be nowhere without him. 
and you know exactly where Artie's coming from. So why are you trying to fucking protect Howard at this point? I just hear a bunch of people scrambling, mm-hmm. you know, and like they're all trying to get together. And like you're always going to look bad when the person is calm that you're talking to. You know, no matter how much energy you get together and how much you're scrambling to like Artie's totally calm. He doesn't mm-hmm. give a shit. And you hear even Howard's clamoring and, and Robin and, and Fred. Yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And he's just Artie's just completely calm. And when you so hold your calm, you're always going to look better in these situations. So, Bob, in this case, would you say Howard would have been way more comfortable if Artie had been uh, like flying off the handle or if he'd been clearly. Um, well, that's. You know, like the, the whole goal was to make him get as uncomfortable as possible, but in a way that Howard could make Artie look like shit because Artie's so making it like, yeah. That's what, that's what people with MPD do is when someone's calm, they try to elicit a response so that they mm. can become the victim. Mm-hmm. So if Artie starts becoming the aggressor here and starts saying certain things, then they'll become the the victim, which is what winds up happening. What's you know, ha- once yeah. Artie just goes, let's reverse this, let's say blah, 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 we bring in Pelican, then, oh, I'm a victim. You're calling me that. So that's really what they want to do. They want to elicit that emotional response. That's why there's so much power in gray rocking is because you're not giving them a response either way, and that's realistically what they want. So. You're taking away their supply. Sam? I'm good. Okay. Artie's really like being vicious to this girl, but you know what? It's like, I don't know if it was that or maybe because of the reason she was attracted well, you to heard, him. But you heard what he said. I don't yeah. trust you. I, you know, it's like, well, dude, she could. This see- is such a stupid conversation. Oh my God. No, now we're not. being attacked for this wow. conversation. Oh, yeah. We can't have okay. any conversations we want anymore. Go ahead. Talk, <laughs> talk as much as you want. Well, you, you're wow. out of line calling me a jerk. Wow. Okay, yep. This. This reminds me of, you know, on some news shows when they're all echo chambers and they're just repeating things that, I don't know, are probably just conspiracy nonsense. And they're mm-hmm. all like, yeah, 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 that. And then there's the one person who's like, no, like, <laughs> no, yeah. flat out, no. Right. You guys but- are just, you're not even, you're not even on the same planet. You're just repeating things amongst each other like bing 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 like a pinball machine mm-hmm. and i'm the i'm the flap on the pinball that's gonna let it go Party's the tilt. it's not <laughs> happening <laughs> go go ahead bob I, again i'm telling you the reason outside of Artie's talent why he was so endeared by the fans was because he is the subconscious of the fans and even what he's saying there, this is a stupid, it's like what we're thinking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, this is what we're thinking. Like, this is stupid. Why are you guys going on about this? So, like, he resonates so much because no matter how much money Artie has, he's never, like, to us, he's still just one of us. And, yeah. and Howard and Robin are Martians. You know what I mean? Even right. Gary is to a certain extent, but is like, He's always there to be our voice in that studio. So, like, again, just now, like, this is stupid. And it well, was. Well, yeah, because not it, it's not like when Artie made his first million, he put on white gloves and started dressing with fucking tails and top hat and started walking right. around, even though he did <laughs> throw a few lines of, like, a, when you're talking about Ralph and how Ralph has depression, he's going to die, you know, miserable and broke. <laughs> and they go, what about you? He goes, well, I'll have money. <laughs> 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 like, at least he'd be funny. <laughs> but, I mean, he never lost the blue-collar... Um, 
I guess, sensibility. He was never going to be like yeah. Mr. Shishi, you know, uh, uptown snob bullshit. Cause he's a, uh, at home at, at, at his heart. He's a Jersey, he's a Jersey boy. So, mm-hmm. um, that, that was the, I, I think that's what endeared him more to anybody than anything that he, even though he was a fan and all that shit, and he wasn't as, um, willing to jump into a fight as let's say Jackie, who really was like when, before Artie, he was the Artie that when, when Robin said something stupid, he went after her or when Howard said something erroneous, he wasn't afraid to, except he wasn't as on mic as, as already was. So, yeah. yeah. What do you think, Bob, is the reaction they're hoping for from Artie? Like, what do you think they want, they want to elicit from this? Uh, any, pretty much any response, uh, preferably negative, preferably aggressive so that they can go on the defense you know, so they can become the victims. They're wanting to become the victims right now, but everything they're saying is just incriminating them more. And, you know, and they're all clamoring to get this this thing going, and they're clamoring right. to get him riled up, and he's completely calm. Yeah. And anyone who remains calm in a situation like this is always winning. You know, you know what this is like to me, Bob? This is like, uh, well, we could use an NHL analogy. This is like the entire side of like one team putting their bodies stacking their bodies against their own net before the other team even has the puck mm-hmm. and and then like expecting there's going to be a shot and afraid like oh god when is it going to come when is it going to come and having like incredible stress because it's not happening like already's mm-hmm. not flying off the handle he's calm he's collected he's controlled it actually is kind of a master class in as you said gray rocking if you really yeah, listen to it, it is yeah it is Let's keep going. You're out of line calling me I jerk. can't bring that up that I, you called him a jerk. I don't remember doing it, but I, whatever. So, you know, I was talking about the heat of the me. wrap-up show. Well, let's see. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So yeah. he said he doesn't have it on tape, right. but he said previously he remembers it. He right. remembers it. How can you remember something that never happened? Mm-hmm. Just just keep that in mind. Keep going. Oh, yeah. And because well, the other thing is if he plays the actual audio... It will make Robin and him look like complete idiots. It's no different than every other turnaround, every other machine yeah. you've ever done. Like, why don't you just play say. the fucking audio? Like, I never called Russell Crowe fat. <laughs> like, a week later, a week before, he's like, I, I like him, but he's big and, he's big and fat. <laughs> That's you know? what gaslighting is. It's different memories. Yeah. yeah, girl, like disgusting fat guy. So Artie's going to get See, a you, you're Artie's doing doing you put in the line. This you, is ridiculous. Continue to do it because. Obviously, the no. goal on the show is to make all of us uncomfortable. No. I'm horribly uncomfortable with it. I hate it with a red-eye passion. I will always be belligerent the way I was today. And but keep doing it. I hate it. Not it only was, that. It was this, uh, the uh, comments when uh, they asked him about, what was it, whether, uh, how she got on the show or something. And he was talking about how Levy met the girl and was setting him up. <laughs> Which is what Sam and I will cover. Bob, if you want to sit in during that rant, you're more than welcome to. Bowie is zero help. I None. cannot stand him throughout this whole clip. He's just like um, like a tinderbox. Like he's just like stoking the fire. He reminds me of like you know when you an old train and you're shoveling coal into the t- into the <laughs> engine. It's a fucking asshole coal shoveler. <laughs> Fuck you. Artie's setting up boundaries here. Yeah, I don't like this. Yeah, like you guys can do what you want to do. I don't like this, mm-hmm. and I, I, it's my right to not like it. So, oh, alrighty, jerks that you are, fell for it. Mm. Well, whatever. I saw him a jerk. I'll tell you what. I think I said suckers, not jerks. Mm. No, you said jerks. 
She Rob, that's a sh- oh. So Robin doubles down on her ignorance. Robinswrong.com. Let please open that site up again. Yes. <laughs> Sam. But then most but I don't know if uh anyone else in the news is NPD, but most people don't apologize when they're wrong nowadays. I think this is like <laughs> they started a trend where we can just lie our faces off yeah. and then just not apologize for it. And mm-hmm. we think that you're gonna take us seriously after that. Guess how many people took the show seriously and like it? Yeah. Now. Sorry. Oh. I'm sorry, crickets? Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> exactly. That's what happens. Well, people call you a jerk. We'll have to move on. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cool. It really isn't bad. It really is not cool. <laughs> Bubba felt. Yeah. You know, he throws that word around a lot. Right. I'm very disrespectful. <laughs> I never called you a jerk. It's not cool. It's not cool. I'm sorry, pal. I mean, that's just not cool. It's just not nice. No. <laughs> it's like Howard knows one chord down at the guitar shop while he's trying to impress the workers, and he keeps playing that one chord over and over again like it's Stairway to Heaven. Yeah, I was just going to say, he's playing the beginning of Stairway <laughs> to Heaven, not a fucking string more. And I, you like how many people at this age, I think about my father, I always like relate back to this, and I go, would my father ever say, it's not cool, it's not cool. Like, oh. Sam, you didn't do your homework. Not cool. Not cool, man. Like, there, what there do you certain... do? Who are you talking to right now? You <laughs> fucking poser. There are certain expressions that have to get retired with certain generations. Like, I swear to God, when I'm around a crowd of, okay, I was just out last night, actually. We're, we're able to do it where I live, guys. So, you know, bear with me. I'm not, I'm not uh, the mask. Uh, I'm not an anti-masker or anything. So Super spreader. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Super spreader. You know who fucking, you know, Beth is a super spreader but not for howard anyway um <laughs> the uh <laughs> spread like fucking philly cheese <laughs> philly cream cheese so anyway um i think that uh it, it was uh <laughs> I, I was just talking to people and when when i use the word broad which i still use every now and then with the certain company they they they'd laugh it off like they just love the expression because it's so antiquated but they know it's mm-hmm. for a joke if they thought yeah. for a minute that i was genuinely like um misogynistic or if i used the word fruit and they thought i was homophobic they'd have nothing to do with me ever oh, is just eliminated in 2020 people Zap. are such ridiculous people Right. Like, why aren't you, why aren't you able to use it as an adjective and say, these are some faggy shoes. <laughs> I mean, why is that a problem? <laughs> you know, I'm calling the shoes f- fags. <laughs> I have a friend in, uh, in are you wearing penny loafers? Gay. I have a Sorry, friend in her sister, her sister's gay. And we were talking about the word fag and she just, she just goes, you know what? Sometimes that's just the only word that works in a <laughs> situation. I'm like, yeah. all of us do exactly. We're like, yeah, sometimes it just is what works, you know? Right. I, that, I think that one of my all time favorite Artie lines was in that too, where he goes, well, I guess we'll just have to move on <laughs> when they're all trying to fight him. When they're all trying to goad him into a fight. Well, I guess we'll just have to. It's the biggest. You picture a, the, you know, the Saturday Night Live, it's uh negative or uh Rachel Dratch and it's uh the next, she goes, oh, uh, de- de- not Debbie, Debbie, Debbie Downer, Downer. Yeah. Debbie Downer, yeah. that's yeah. all yeah, yeah. we're just going to have to move on. <laughs> <laughs> it's so coldly dismissive. Yep. 
Nice. To someone who loves you. Yeah, I mean, really, I was happy for you. This chick was hot. And if you're not into it, fine. So you just say, hey, you know, nice girl. Maybe I'll call her. Give me your number. Maybe yeah. you could say, leave. Well, that, that, that's exact. And Artie's right. He did. If you, you guys will have heard this already. But when you hear the clip, he goes, look, I'm not interested in this bit. And they decided to make it last an hour. At one point, Richie Wilson calls in and he says, I, want, I wouldn't mind a date with her. And he's still with Rachel at the time. And he, he goes, Rachel or whatever he goes she just got hit by a bus <laughs> and, and then Ganji comes in and she shits on Ganji it might be the funniest part of that whole segment because she says I like them big but I, I, I don't like them unattractive <laughs> poor Ganji takes shit from this five from this Jersey five go ahead Sam you know what this reminds me of is the way that Ronnie just killed the bit with the voting where they had him on the show saying who are you going to vote for he wasn't going to say he gray rocked them now for two fucking weeks this is the and longest they... gray rock hold i've ever that. seen anyone do on this howard stern show and he did it he got a little bit uh gamed at some points where i could see he was losing it but for mm -hmm. the most part he held his own in a gray rock that i have never seen on the show before especially with all that pressure and yeah. nonsense and flying monkey shit that was going around Mm -hmm. He held his own. And yeah. this reminds me of that, where it's like, you're not going to get the fucking bit out of me, and mm -hmm. yeah. you're not going to get anything from me. Yeah. So, yeah. By the time, whatever. By the time this thing airs, you guys will have already heard what Sam's talking about. So Raven and I will have covered it. But yeah, you're right. It was, um, it was like Ronnie had a fucking figure four on on the show and wasn't letting go like for no matter how long they wanted to you know make sure that uh he was no he, he didn't he wasn't gonna break he just wasn't because he also like Artie, he's been there long enough to know their bullshit and if he's on his way out he has no reason to submit to it anymore nope yeah let's continue the jerk I said that. I said that. That's oh, he said worse about poor Levy guys. <laughs> That's Levy, how we Levy ended the segment. Yeah, listen to this one. I think uh, Bob Levy is basically Jeffrey Dahmer if you read a joke book. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> uh, you know, I know that sounds a little harsh, but I love the guy. And, uh, you know, he gets out on the internet and stalks these women and throws out this web of deceit and <laughs> sleazing. This and hair dye and bad coke, <laughs> beer breath, cheap fucking Target shirts and coupons for Sizzler's two for one steak on a Wednesday. His forty thousand dollars outside of Philly with somehow at the built-in pool. I have no idea what that looks like. Here the house. Sorry, guys, you can't see it, but we're all fucking losing it. <laughs> it is, and he never wrote a thing down. Like he, all that was all oh, improv. Dude. He's it, so witty. God, and like just Sizzler. he just he, he just destroyed his house, his his family life. <laughs> He's gonna destroy his comedy. He's gonna destroy it's, everything about Lee. It's like that wrecking ball when it hits the side of the building. <laughs> He said it somehow has an in-ground pool. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. His poor child who's being raised by a father who's just not there and a mother who hates being with the father. The father's in the basement. <laughs> Clearly doesn't have a proper heater air conditioning. Somehow he gets over to this 
disgusting, <laughs> jizz-drenched, stinky, whiskey-sobbing computer board and types out, who's out there? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> One sec, guys. One sec. <laughs> who's out there? in fucking virgin creep land that I can try to fuck with my web of grossness. And uh, eventually he gets some takers, some poor women who have a background that's clearly uh, troubling. Uh, this girl has father issues, so he's clearly a mad Irish drunk. Uh, and uh, she has, We don't know that. She has dyed black hair. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the full red is way better, but anyway, we'll keep going. You, uh, this is, what, what girl? He pulled, girl up, he pulled out a flamethrower on those people. Why'd you say that? She doesn't have that. <laughs> I you love know that. I love Gary throwing in the disclaimer. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't know the people. Yeah, the dad could call. Yeah, right. Well, oh. your ass, <laughs> Sam. Yeah, because they care so much about dads and what they're doing. Hello, intern beauty pageant. Hello, it's just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Gary was like yelling at people and like oh you said you were going to get naked what are you doing why aren't you getting naked oh my god if we played those today those are all K-Rock by the way that's not serious <laughs> guys. but now they're worried about libel for calling someone a mad Irish drunk yeah exactly bullshit yeah. It's, it, it's, all to, it's all to make Artie look like the aggressor and yeah. everybody else is the victim you right. know Oh, we're all falling for it. Let's do it. It's ridiculous. What's going on over there? What's going on with you? What's all the anger? Nothing. The girl came in here. Now you're attacking her family. You're making shit up. Are you incredibly uncomfortable? There are things we can't bring up with you. Would you give us a list? We don't know. Oh, you condescending cunt. We don't want to make you uncomfortable. Good then. Shut up. They can't deal with someone who actually calls them out on their shit. That's the ultimate. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the takeaway, really. And they're laughing. Like, she's laughing, but she's seething inside. Mm-hmm. You, you, seething. you can absolutely tell. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, everything makes you Speech makes it more comfortable. Yes, I guess. Talking. Wow. And also, uh, Sam, do you know she's yelling now the same way she did in that thing we just covered when she's completely uncomfortable the volume just gets into like upper decibels. Yeah. So I remember when I first heard this and it hasn't changed since Mm -hmm. I, when she said talking, I remember the first time I heard this, I literally winced in my car, like had a visceral, like, like, what are you doing? Why are you saying it like that? It just was so, it was so absurdly unnecessary. And the volume like and we un- noticed, it was also unnatural. Cornered, yep. And her fake face is lying her face off and saying, "Oh, you said he was a jerk. She caused all this." I think it's. I think this is just incredible how her volume gets so loud. Yeah, and also she. It's the. It's the. Um, the video is a as a good way to see this. I don't know if the video is as uncut as it should be i can't remember because it's been a long time since i've seen it but a lot of the howard tv shows the way they were edited they they missed some of the actual full audio to be an hour long or to be you know 50 minutes long or however long long they needed to be and this clip as it goes is an hour so 
sometimes you you're going to miss nuances. The Howard TV guys did this, as good a job as they could, but some you, some things you just can't edit. You can't leave them out because they add so much color to the f- full discussion. Like so. if a Simona Dinnerstein was listening mm-hmm. to this, mm-hmm. she would think of it like a sheet music. It would be like crescendo FF. F, <laughs> the dynamics. <laughs> wow. All right, let's keep going. Well, whatever, man. I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, don't even talk. I'm doing him a favor. Don't even look back there. <laughs> no. I mean, really. I love, I, I, love, I love hearing tough guy Howard put on his, uh, I'm not going to do that for him anymore. Wow. Guys, <laughs> call in Luca Brazzi. <laughs> like he he's the godfather. Do, he used to do the fake tough guy. Yeah. See, he did the fake hetero guy fake tough guy a lot more when Artie was in studio. That's totally. Si- that since went by the wayside. Hello, October. Just, just a wee bit. I mean, I don't have to come in anymore. What it means is you never have to come in here. You know that. You, if... Hello, Beer League. Uh, I need you to be here. I need you. You're essential to the show. Now, oh, you don't need to be here. Which is it, you fucking cunt? Well, he's got to threaten abandonment at this point. That's his last card. Yep. Guess so. We don't need you. You don't have to be here. Like, yeah, he does. Like, <laughs> everybody everybody knows Artie's the fucking star of that show, including Artie. Whether Didn't he wants they... to say it, like, he's humble enough to be like, ah, it's your show, but everybody knows he's a star at this point. S- Sam? You know what's so sad is the fact that he would have been the star if Nick and Artie's show would have worked out on DirecTV because that is some of the funniest, most insightful shit ever. Mm-hmm. And truly, if it wasn't for his demons, say, mm-hmm. God willing, it would have worked out and he would have faced them way before, that show would have been the Joe Rogan times 10 on fucking math. Because that's how so. good... They were both so funny and insightful. Mm-hmm. It was great. Yeah, it was and absolutely great. When they had guests in for interviews, they also did their homework big time. And Sam, uh, sorry, Nick was more the um, he was more of the the straight man, pretty much. But it didn't mean he couldn't be funny as well. But when they had like the nice coaches in, they were hysterical. I have all those they were clips. So it, great. They were brilliant. Yeah. So let's keep going. You hate this job that much. You never have to come in here. You well, know that. I mean, yesterday it was just terrible. Well, oh, the fact that we're going to get the fat guy laid. Oh, my She's God. into heavy set guys. You're a fat guy. What are you going to do about it? You I know, mean, though, Tony Soprano. I, I have to say, this comes on, on the heels of a bad day that Artie had. I mean, what he, bad day? The, the bad day that his mom called him. And he was drinking because Dude, of the comments that she made. His mom, and I think they carried over to the next day. Yeah, but there his, was nothing awful about what his mother that's did. That's right. No, but he I mean, he, an excuse to but drink. I'm not. So this was, I think, when he talked about. Possibly, it was when he um, uh, found out that Dana was dating again, and then he <laughs> he said, "I looked like I came out of a John Steinbeck novel with a, bo- a bottle of whiskey in my hand." <laughs> and oh, it was funny. He got he got fucked up on Johnny Walker Blue, which is not a cheap hangover. Saying that it was what was bad, but I'm saying yeah, Artie I'm had a, a, a reaction to that, which kind of set him off. Yeah, but his mom said nothing there. Well, you know, he's sensitive. Those are my issues. Those that's right. Uh, right. He's yeah. sensitive about it. Yes, and that's, that's ridiculous. That Good his issues. mother called him. That we. No, I'm not saying that she. I'm not saying girl? that she did a bad thing. No, and I'm, I'm saying, saying if you got to start drinking in the middle of the afternoon because your mom said uh, you used to look like George Clooney right, on your man TV. I mean, he's got I'm issues. I'm not blaming that on my mother. No, definitely. Not. No, he's got a reaction to his mother right. that he hasn't looked into yet. But we. Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah, Sam. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, he's still blaming his entire life on growing up in a black neighborhood for a year and a half and Ben working. I mean, it's insane. There's <laughs> <And> because... <laughs> we have we have to listen to him now hours on end, years on end, decades on end, bitch about his childhood. Mm-hmm. And just as recently, guys, this week talking about Roosevelt in the black neighborhood. And he actually said he made up that he had a black voice and he goes, they said, what year are you matriculated at matriculated? And he said, I be matriculated. Really? Howard, you're almost 70 and you still haven't gotten over this, but yet you have the right to make fun of Artie for having a bad day. Oh my lord! Well, I think yeah. it's it's coming out now. I I need him to get help. I want him to start looking into this stuff. This is why, I think like that's this is kind of the first glimpse into that. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a shitty way to do it. Oh god, oh, yeah. That's the only way they operate. They don't, <laughs> they don't operate in straightforward, you know, secure communication. They, this is how they operate. Right. He's not going to pull him into his office and say, look, I, I know a guy who knows a guy that deals with substance abuse and this and that one. And he's a psychiatrist. Why don't you look it up? It's not, he's not a psychiatrist. He's like a counselor, you know, like mm-hmm. just check it out. No, never. No way. Uh, Artie will claim that he helped him, but I don't believe he ever went that far. And then certainly not that direct. Go ahead, Sim. So besides bro, like when he says, you're my bro, uh, you're my bro. You know how he does this. So what indication before he actually makes that claim and how hurt or pretend hurt Howard is, how does this sound like somebody's bro? Like right now, what we're hearing and what we just have heard for the last, you know, few minutes, is that, would that be anybody's bro or sis or friend? Is that how you act towards somebody? And then you have the nerve to claim just out of nowhere, thin air. I'm your bro. How could you say I'm not your bro? I don't know. Let's just hear the last 10 minutes of how you've just treated me. Yeah. And that's the point that he kind of starts to get to later on where he's like, Mm -hmm. I'll tell you why you're not my bro. (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, once we start getting into it and he goes into the whole, like, look, we work together. You know, you're not actually friends. And uh, do you guys remember it was um, a few years earlier when he talked about, I can get anybody angry with one sentence. And then he yeah. said, I dare anybody to do it to me. If they really did what they knew, he would be in pieces, Howard. So they were holding back then, and, or they weren't that smart. But um, when he, he went after Artie, he said, like, Dana's only with you with your money. You know, if, she, if you weren't on the show, she wouldn't be with you and all this shit. This nasty, awful Robin shit. Robin can handle criticism. All these things. But then Artie, years later, does it to him. And this is the reaction. And this is oh, based yeah. on a non-comment, first of all. All this is based on a fallacy. And yeah. then when he See, starts to tell him stuff and the Pelican thing, wow. Like, wow. If yeah. they really wanted to get him, they should have just been like, Ralph's on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you sleep last night, Fudgebacker? <laughs> that's staying in there. All do. Yeah. Mothers push buttons. Oh, yeah. That's their job. Well, you have to realize that you don't bring it on us. What do we do? I'm We're just saying just it, it was the fir- it was here. the first domino in a line of dominoes for poor. Artie. And this is Mr. Poor Roastmaster. <laughs> Mr. Roastmaster is super sensitive. I'm not the Roastmaster. Oh, please. <laughs> Sam. Sid laughed. He's not even a breed. 
this is exactly this is uh, very similar to the whole allison jingle ball conversation where robin's got to back him up you're right bob this is a like she knows it's amazing how she knows to go in step completely lock in step with howard and not uh, even to keep her mouth shut she could be completely geneva but she doesn't she she's not going to Eva, she's right now berlin are you insane <laughs> she's and, and again not she's stomping she's wrong he isn't yeah. the rose master bob levy was the rose. like again you're fucking wrong about this but right go ahead she meant to say yeah i know she meant to say like you're the guy who's great at roast but it's like are we exactly. doing a roast <laughs> i thought yeah. sal was the roast master yeah sal's the roast master <laughs> Bob Levy's the roast master. No, I meant he's the no. he's one of the best guys at at roasting people, and and spares nothing. I mean, he goes for it. But what is that? What, what, I don't understand what you're talking about. That's what, a roast. This is That's what, what we do. To do. We make people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Robin is echoing, or Artie is echoing the point that all of us are thinking. Well, what exactly does that have to do with anything that yeah. I'm saying? That mm-hmm. I don't like you're highlighting my addiction and you're embarrassing me. Like, what does that have to do with the fact of what you're just saying right now, Robin? And she's mm-hmm. like, Ugh. well, that's what we do. <laughs> we, make un- we make people uncomfortable. She's making trying to make a joke of it, but she's actually dead on now. She's unfor- she's unearthed a truth. I think mm-hmm. stupidly enough <laughs> in her own, in her own dumb way, she's really betraying a truism here. Uh, sorry, Sam. But Bob, when they unearth these truths, like Artie is doing right now. Yeah. I mean, what do you think for them when they start doing this? What is an NPD person's reaction to truth being posed to their fucking face? Panic. They have to start attacking. They have to start lying. They have to start making stuff up. They have to, again, you're the aggressor. You're the aggressor. This is what she's saying there once again. You're the aggressor. You're the one that rips people up. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, this it's all in context. This isn't, there's times where you rip people up. There's times that you don't. I mean, this is an entire bit based around making fun of Artie's weight. Like, yeah. it's not a roast. If you go no, into a roast, you, you you know what's going on. It's going to be brutal. But that's what they have to do. They What they have to do is they have to attack. They have to become the victims. And they have to lie, basically, is what, mm-hmm. is what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Throwing backwards punches and then covering up their, covering up their heads. And every so mm-hmm. often... Yeah, yeah. Let's see. You're the roast master. You're the one that fucks. You're the guy that fucks on everybody. You're the guy that rips. What? Meanwhile, so that's panic speak. Yeah, that's That's panic panic speak. speak. That that's you're the aggressor. You're the we're the victims. We're the helpless ones. We're the blah blah blah. Yeah, it's it's lies. It's they have to become the victim. All the okay. So they're scrambling now. That that is as a direct result from him gray rocking them. Yeah, and, and Howard's not even talking and mm-hmm. hasn't for a while because they don't have anywhere to go with this. Mm-hmm. They can't get him to bite on anything. This uh, is why Sam? I love having Bob on because it's we can see what's kind of happening, but then him putting it into these terms of a fight and how I, I like the chess play of this of like how are they moving and what are their moves behind it. And you have such a in-depth knowledge of this that 
it's incredible. So it makes me more excited because you see things that I don't even see. And mm -hmm. even as much as we know now. Let's continue, boys and girls. <laughs> I, honestly, I'm going to go on record as saying this, and you couldn't believe it or not, Artie. I did not do that to make you uncomfortable. Well, and you can, right, you can think fine. that all you want. Okay, fine. So if you don't like it, fuck it. I ain't going to go out of my way. In fact, quite frankly, uh, who needs to do that for you? Good. Do it's whatever you want to do. It's not going to affect I my life in any it. way. My, I don't want my motives being called a jerk because I was doing it because, you know what, I'd want someone to do it for me. Sam. Oh, my God. Bob, this is the panic speak. So this is basically he's snow blowing in a driveway and it's just all the snow is coming out the fuck anything. He's just anything, I'm anything, anything he can say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wait, even though it makes no sense. He goes, man, I don't need to do this for you. I, I'm the good guy. I'm the victim. I try if in a real thing, if like you really upset someone, you'd be like, dude, I didn't know this was going to upset you. Like, I genuinely didn't mean that. I'm sorry. Not right. Dude, I didn't know this was going to upset you. I don't need to do this for you. I was just being like, you're attacking me. I don't like, no, that's not. <laughs> Any, anyone who's genuinely upset, like if I really upset a friend that way, I would never be like, I don't need to do this for you. Or yeah. I'd be like, dude, I didn't know. I, I really didn't know I was going to upset you. And I'd Sam? leave it at that. See, before this, when I asked you, like, how will people like this react to truth that Artie was saying? I didn't realize this type of retaliation and how he's just throwing things out here now that it was a panic response. So I always just thought that this is Howard just being defensive and actually, you know, this is what he thinks and then Artie can rebut it. But this now I can see he's panicked and well, that's yeah. incredibly different. My perception is completely changed to how I'm thinking of right. this. So well, thanks. Yeah. If you're, yeah, analytically, Bob adds a whole dimension, a whole extra dimension to what we know is bullshit. Like, we know that Howard's full of shit when we hear this, and I certainly did at the time. I didn't know the psychological ramifications, although I, I guess I could have guessed that I didn't know then what I know now, and a lot of it is thanks to Bob, so full kudos. Mm -hmm. um, but um, it's the analogy you made, Sam, was almost perfect. It's like... Um, snow blowing a driveway and not being content and snow blowing the lawn as well <laughs> and like bringing up <laughs> bringing up grass and twigs and things chopping up rocks and you're fucking bruning the blades because like you're 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 running out of ammo and <laughs> like throw the belt and you're at just, the guy and you're seeing it all just spray like yeah yeah everywhere okay, yeah. <laughs> right and so it's almost like wild swings you know what I mean? Like, mm. like ho hoping yeah. something connects, hoping something they're, lands. They're getting to that point. They're getting to that point because we're getting deep into it now, and he's bit on nothing so yeah. far. Yeah, so. and Hardy's Hardy's still like, well, we got to move on. <laughs> well, I guess we'll have to move on. <laughs> Such a great line. Because if you listen, as you will have heard from the bit guys, Hardy completely sabotages the appearance, and uh, and it, it it's. It's so calculated, but so um, funny the way he does it, because at one point he just blurts out, listen, I'll fuck you. <laughs> he goes, yeah. tell me when and where. <laughs> like, let's so, just get out of it. <laughs> it it's almost like with, with all these scenarios, like, like when you're talking about revealing the truth, it's almost like the emperor's clothes. And that's how it is with the narcissist. And, and Artie's not even taking it to a level he could. It's just no. it's like saying, like, they're all going, hey, the walls are red, the walls are red. And Artie's just going, the walls are blue. 
And it's yeah. like, yeah. that's enough. Like, dude, you're rocking this whole How illusion that we have set up. Like, why are you doing that? Don't do that. You're not supposed to be human. Like, yeah. we're supposed to just be able to do this to you. And you're supposed to smile about it. No, I don't like it. Uh, what do we do here? This guy's got feelings. <laughs> this guy's a human being. <laughs> like, uh, let's make us feel like a piece of shit for having normal emotions. <laughs> let's just lay it on Perfect. I love when Bob, <laughs> I love when Bob goes down that. <laughs> Go ahead, Sam, please. On a deeper level, though, like, isn't that what we're doing in this podcast? Essentially, like, you know, we thought when we yeah. started this that we're going to be just bringing up the hypocrisy and we're going to go over things in an in-depth level not realizing when we ah. met you we're going to stumble upon this whole sort of you know to- tomb under the sand yeah. of shit and we're like okay well here's the chapel here's the burial tomb here's the here's the <laughs> soul where a false door goes through like an Egyptian pyramid I mean seriously mm. It's we, crazy we, to me. Like, we did not realize we uncovered this stuff. <laughs> and when we're doing it and I'm listening to this, I'm like, it's it's almost like we get to highlight exactly um, where the we road get to path. see. Yeah, we get to see this now. Instead in of yeah. real in real time. <laughs> Instead of yeah, King's yeah. butt, we, un- we unearth King Baby. <laughs> King fruit. <laughs> King fruit. Okay. I'm real shy with women. And if a woman writes in, it's, you know, if it's a, a funny troll thing. If a troll had come in here, it'd be one thing. Ari. Yeah. But, but even if a troll came in, so you go, okay, hey, nice girl, whatever. But that might have been a setup. Yeah, but that would have been funny. This is the girl who wrote us the letter. She wrote me a letter and I went, you know what? If some girl wrote a letter to the show, this is my. This is my weird thinking. You, you're giving me the smile like I don't believe a fucking word you're saying, but I swear to God this is the truth. <laughs> if a girl wrote me a letter, I used to figure out a way to get her up here and let me look her over. Yeah. Okay. So, already, so real, like, like the, Howard just basically gave us the subtitle. And, and like, if so, there's the video. Like I said, we, we could get it. I have, I have it somewhere, but I wanted to make sure we had the audio because I didn't go through and make sure that the, they were the same. And I wanted to just, the audio is what's really important. But have you, if you haven't seen the video, Artie's mostly covered up by monitors and stuff, but you can just imagine him going, whatever, dude, whatever, like fucking keep going, keep blowing it, dude. Keep, keep fucking shoveling. It ain't going to yeah. be enough. Sam? Keep snow blowing. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Even when I was married, just to see what I could get. Absolutely. Right. And uh, that's my feeling. I don't. Uh, and like my friends, you know, like uh, I met, like I met Angie through a friend of mine, mm-hmm. <laughs> Don Buckwald, who decided we need to cover up your uh, little, uh, your little puzzle ways with Ralph, and uh, and she was a Buckwald client, and I believe still is, and you know that's how it worked. Robin Givens <laughs> just recently on an episode of. Watch what happens live. Said Howard Stern was the best lover. Where did that come from? I could play you the clip of the guy calling in and said, "Did you ever get Robin Givens?" And he goes, uh, "Yeah, no, no." no. I, he, was, what? I'm, I, he goes, "He goes, I don't know." <laughs> what? And the guy said, "What?" He goes, "No, I'm." And he fumpers. I'll play it for you if you want another time. But it, yeah. it's it's completely like he he admitted basically he never had sex with her. Could you picture fucking someone like Mike Tyson or any other professional athlete and then saying Howard Stern's a great lover? I'm oh, sorry. God. Anyone with a vagina knows that's false. 
Yeah, it'd be just... funnier. It'd be funnier if uh, Artie was like, "Hey, instead of a pelican, he was like, hey, what if we have chicks in here that are into guys that should basically settle for anything with teeth and hair? <laughs> you know, what do you think about?" <laughs> I would have loved if Artie did a Mike Tyson impression and started. No, no, like when he said he, he <laughs> Brad Pitt, he ran into Brad Pitt as he caught him leaving Robin Gibbons' house, yeah. and he started. Yeah. He goes, "No, sir, don't, don't destroy me with your, your with your boxing prowess, and you know, like, please don't, please don't assault me." You know, I, li- I like, I like. <laughs> I like Bob's idea. Yeah. How about we have people in that just enjoy rapid eye motion and sunglasses that peripherally show it? <laughs> How about we're into chicks that are, are into guys who are too ashamed to show their face and keep an entire console in front of them at all times? <laughs> Let's have a show with people who like scarfs and fucking... monster boots exactly i'm hiding behind a pac-man machine and uh like you know that happens in real life occasionally yeah how many times Um, do you get hooked up with anybody decent right i mean i don't know what these girls are going to be decent but i you know the girl says she looks like Lindsay fucking lohan i go hey maybe audie wants a meter and what the hell i mean it might be fun on the air slam dunk but if the guy's going to think I'm a jerk for doing it, fuck it. I'm not doing it. Forget it. It's it's, it's over. Well, so we won't have that kind of fun anymore. No. And believe me, on a scale of 1 to 10, that ain't that much fun for me. Watch Artie gets hooked. Okay, like, what, what, so what is it? It might be fun. It ain't that much fun. Fuck you, Sam. He, He's... he said zero. Artie has said zero. That's all you need to know. Artie is silent, and, guys. And Howard keeps repeating himself. He keeps wanting him to to bite on this, to have a reaction. Like, dude, okay, don't bring anyone else in again. That's right. fine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what do you want me to tell you? I don't fucking need this. These people coming in. Like yeah. I've been in movies, dude. I, I, I don't need this shit. Let's yeah. go. Let's move on. Yeah, he fucked a chick in Cologne, Germany. They're they're, they're upset boat that trip. he they're upset that he's has boundaries and that he just doesn't like this. That's why they're upset. Like that is such a hallmark of an abusive dynamic mm-hmm. when someone just has an opinion and has an autonomous feeling and just has like that's what they're upset about like and what all this boils down to is they're upset that Artie has an opinion on being treated like a piece of shit that's how I fucked know. up this got that's how fucking second nature abuse abuse is with this with this dynamic it's like dude guys all i'm saying was i was uncomfortable with you calling me a fat piece of shit and bringing in some girl here like that's not a crazy boundary to have it's not too like, abnormal no, I wouldn't so like Bob, it Well, two things. First thing is Artie, considering his comedic ta- talent, I wish he met someone like Sandler who puts his friends in movies and pays them millions of dollars accordingly. Yep. Like, yep. you know, Norm MacDonald mm-hmm. and Steve Buscemi and Spade and whatever. Shire. I mean, that would have been better for Artie. I wish he would have gotten with that crew. Unfortunately, he mm-hmm. got in with the MPD crew of Robin right. and Howard. Well, so he that's did unfortunate. Get him- he did get in with Spade, at least, which was cool. And Spade was very good about it, actually. And uh, the Canadian guy, Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald, he was yeah. In, he was in with his yeah, little but, crew, too. Right, but Sandler's the one who makes all those movies and puts yeah, them yeah, all in yeah, yeah, yeah. 
grownups and right. stuff. Yeah. Right. So instead of Kevin James, like put Artie in that big guy role. Yeah. yeah. And so, <laughs> so the other you... thing is when you're saying he just had a feeling and he couldn't even express something just so straightforward as I don't like this bit because it highlights I'm fat. Mm -hmm. He's he's setting up a very light boundary. That's just a boundary. I don't like this. Right. Yeah. This is so a how, very small boundary. How dare you? How dare you tell how, me what I can't? That's Howard's take. You know, one one thing. Yeah, Howard wants to fuck you and he wants you to smile while he's doing it. But one thing that that is always what what you were talking about with Sandler putting people in movies, even with how bad Howard's personality disorder is. I cannot believe he never went to Artie and said, look, what's the figure that you need to stop the touring, to mm -hmm. stop running around, to sure. stop? Like for me, just talking about if it was me and my show and I've never reached this kind of level. I mean, like I'm, I'm humble enough. I'm, I'm an armchair and analyst here. But for me, knowing how much he brought, like, how do you not go to a guy like that and say, OK, you're making two, three million a year off of stand up stand up yeah if if we get you that will you stop because everybody knows that's when Artie would fuck up is when he's mm -hmm. running around and like oh, how do you how do you not do that how do you not go to a guy and just say dude what's the figure that's going to take for you to not go on these trips to to stay at home on the weekends to to do what you need to do and to have that time off to be able to rec recuperate from the week time if, off, if, if he take needed care it. Of your body yeah yeah well, Sam, please, and then I got something to say. But even on a smaller level, like, just what we do, like, look at how much we love the people who are fans and who have something to offer that we want to give a voice to, that we want to highlight and we appreciate. I mean, it's just a level of respect that I cannot believe that somebody with that much talent, let alone even on a scale that's as obscure as ours, mm -hmm. you can't, do you know what I'm saying? It just shows like, yeah. a human quality that is so lacking. Well, I hate yeah. to, I hate to bring it back up again. It's going to be, there's always going to be a fucking Johnny Carson mention on this show, but he oh, didn't good. have I to, love it. well, he didn't have, he knew, he knew if the guests looked good, he looked good. The show looked good. So if he could help the guests shine, it helped the guest, it helped the audience, it helped him, it helped his show, it helped NBC. So he understood the dynamic. Howard never, ever understood because, as Bob will tell you, it's the NPD. It's all him. So it's if, if Artie's making 60 on a gig, like going playing at whatever the Borgata back in the day, or 70 or 80,000 a gig, Howard's not going, well, that's, you know, that's good for him. He's thinking, yeah, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be doing that. And while that is true... He can't ever bask in that. He has to make it about him and make it be resentful about it as well. Like he might, he will never mm. verbalize it, but he'll say, you know what? That's why I don't pay you that much. You know, like that reminds me of something I know so well, Fillmore. How about you? Oh, just a little bit. So it's, it, it's the reason why guys like, for example, we've got, uh, we did a show with Carrie, our buddy who does radio karate. And it was just a little mini episode. And I, I pushed that out as fast as I could because we wanted it out for Halloween. Sam did not get bothered. She wouldn't get bothered. And Raven does the breakdowns and she doesn't, she knows it's, it's about what's good for the show. And she doesn't have the ego involved necessarily to go like, no, I have to be involved in this. I have to be fucking recording or you know if Why i was out if I, I was out <laughs> if i was out sam could do the recording and do whatever she needed to do to get the show out 
So it, it has to be about something greater than yourself. Otherwise, you're actually shortchanging your own product. That's well, exactly think, 100% I think Howard, right. I think Howard didn't want... I think, I think Artie was literally at a point, and the data suggested it, that he was bigger than Howard. Mm -hmm. And I think a part of the reason why Howard never propositioned him with that was he didn't want Artie to become... Like, Artie could have taken over. Like, at mm -hmm. that point, when you... They, they had percentages and i think it comes up in this thing how how Artie was the most like guy like there's a certain point where if they're paying a guy enough money they're gonna look and go well maybe he should just have his own show like maybe sure. this and, and i did. think howard didn't they want offered. that and that's that's a part of the narcissistic personality where you kind of don't want people to get their wings mm -hmm. and you kind of cut them off so i think howard walked that thing but i think even with Artie. I don't really think that that was Artie's ambition, and I think he made it pretty clear. So I don't really get why he never came to him. It's like again, we'll, we'll go back to hockey analogies because <laughs> uh, Fillmore's Canadian, and I'm a huge hockey fan. But it's like the Blackhawks. Like if Patrick Kane had a fucking side job, you know, bartending on the weekends. Like at a certain point, you just go, dude, what's it going to take for you to just be a full time member? Yeah. of the Blackhawks like we need you because you're going out and getting drunk and you're fucking up with this and that like yeah. but it was like I don't think Howard ever wanted him to get that esteem and I think that's why he never did it and that's sure. a very common pattern in people with MPD keep them at a certain level keep them hungry Sam yeah but it would be like say for example Bob becomes this Dr. Oz figure or you know Raven <laughs> becomes uh, Raven becomes the next Oprah or, or judge like what I, I okay. mean do you know what I'm saying like say these people oh. become these massive figures their own entities separate from where they were famous for but they got their start from something like this Oprah. I would be so incredibly happy and humbled and love yeah. that like that would bring joy to my heart like truly joy to my heart but Howard could have. But if you had that. NPD, if you had NPD, you would have never have given me the money for this microphone. But you still would have recognized whatever value I'm bringing to this, and you'd be like, let's not let them think too much because mm -hmm. we need them for our thing. Well, like, that's helpful. We gotta, we gotta <laughs> keep them. Yeah, no, because that that's just when when I when you when you're talking about narcissistic personality disorder psychopathy to a smaller degree those those relationships go a lot quicker um it's all about them on such a level you really can't understand unless you have it like everything is about them so when you guys are talking about the the um charity that robin has and howard's upset I know in his mind, he's thinking this is going to upset all these people that I have this very delicate balance with. They're not getting paid what they should. We have this whole thing worked out here. Like, they will turn a charity into themselves. That's yeah. how fucking selfish they are. Like, mm -hmm. they are at that extreme of a level. For you to take the time to tell some yeah. guy that another that a girl is interested in somebody other than you, that's, you yeah, know, quite frankly, I'd that's rather, major for you. I'd rather March Chicks in here interested in me. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Well, that Artie should, that's, I should do it. realize that. I do it all the time. I fucking beg the interns to come in here and tell me they love me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why isn't a Alyssa Milano that fucking joke pounding down your door now with hashtag me too, Howard. Oh, that's right. 
That wasn't even a joke, guys. That was one. I, I've got that clip somewhere as well. The interns voted on who was funniest and who was best looking and whatever and most charming, whatever. And Howard lost like almost everything. And then he just, he had to get <laughs> one. They said, well, there's one intern who would totally fuck you. And they brought her in and she talked about it. And it's like, it, this is like 2007, guys. This is probably all in the same year. So Howard's definitely feeling like I'm the least important cog on my own fucking show. And that, that don't think that had nothing to do with how this all went about. So, um, and already knows this. He's getting more stand up. He's getting more, he's feeling his oats. He's like, man, I'm getting paid maybe 600 grand a year. You're getting paid fucking 80 million and you do nothing. And I'm, I'm, you're crutching on me so fucking often that I'm getting fed up with this. Fuck you. So I can yeah. afford to do, I, if I'm indispensable, which he really was, it turned out, um, because they never yeah. recovered from not having Artie anymore. The show went down and most people you listen to are jump the shark. Most people left when yeah. Artie did. They said, you guys, you made the mistake of not at least adding a third mic. And it yep. might not have got as good, but it would certainly be better than what ended up happening. So let's well, yeah, keep going. If Artie's the subconscious of the, of the fans, what happens mm -hmm. when he goes, everybody goes. Absolutely. And you're right. I listened to your show after he left, everybody left pretty much. I mean, pretty much. there was some inertia. Bob, do you think, okay, when you said, because when Jackie left the show and they had tryouts, right? Do you, mm -hmm. and then they got Artie. Do you mm -hmm. think because of his false face falling so far after Artie left that he didn't have another comic on because he couldn't have that subconscious voice and fan comic on the show revealing his false face, revealing yeah, the it, fact he's people, a fraud? People couldn't relate to it. I mean, like the whole thing was Artie made it more relatable because he was us. Mm -hmm. It turned into a thing where it wasn't relatable. Like Artie or, or Howard's talking about, I was at a, a Hamptons party and yeah. Bon Jovi didn't fucking cater. Like, what are you talking about? Like, the <laughs> fuck? I, I haven't oh, been no. to a catered party in like 10 years. Like, so like that, that whole dynamic, I think the show became a lot less relatable. Yeah. It just became a lot less funny. There's a lot I'm of inertia that I think like, Sal and Richard Carey, but go ahead. But yeah. do you think because of his NPD, the fact that he didn't have another comic on and didn't try comics out the way they did when Jackie left the show and then they got Artie, do you think the fact he, they didn't do the same thing is because he didn't want that, that reveal? He didn't want the subconscious and the fan sort of uh, favorite on the show or a comic that brought that sort of voice that is the yeah. audience, that I don't personified wanted, voice of the audience. I don't think he wanted that dynamic. I don't think he wanted this thing where who he brought on became bigger than the show because it's not sustainable, you know? And, and, the, and the one thing where Howard is right with Artie is he, he was a live wire. He was unpredictable. And to be quite honest, anybody who runs a business doesn't want any employee like that, whether it's entertainment <laughs> or not. I mean, yeah. you don't know. Like, this guy, this guy's coming in telling me, like, he didn't know if he's going to wake up tomorrow or he, he lost 80000 You know, like, saying crazy shit. If I had a friend telling me he lost 20000 on a weekend, I'd be like, dude, you got it. Like, what? you're going to fucking wake up in a dumpster, man. And, and, I've, and I've had friends get in that situation where they've owed people money. And you're like, dude, that's not that's not a place you want to be. And, like, you, you, 
you don't want that kind of volatility. So I do think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying in that. Howard's like, look, I tried it with Jackie. He got too big for the show, or at least in his mind, he did. And he wasn't. Artie really was that talented. And he's like, I don't want this anymore. I need to be the biggest part of the show. Okay. So that's. And And he can't carry it. No. Okay. Already well, the, became bigger to me than than I think the show was. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Same. But it, and and he and it turns out as it turns out he on his own, without the drugs he's excellent. But on the drugs he was insufferably bad. I mean it, well, the last year of the two thousand nine was was really unlistenable for most of it when Artie was on, mm-hmm. and uh, he yeah. was interrupting and all that stuff. I mean it's been well documented. Most people would agree. I would say. And plus what, he wanted to take it in a different direction, so. You know, where Howard really lost all of his fans is he he turned his back on the everyday man, right? He he came up with what I personally think happened in 2015 is they pitched this whole new direction of, you know, the soccer mom celebrity mm-hmm. 2013. I, I don't I, I fucking tuned out well before them, but <laughs> no, I don't I don't I don't think I don't think Howard had the same where this guy's a subconscious of I think that Howard was like, we worked ourselves into a dynamic where this mm-hmm. guy was bigger than what we were, you know, the show. Yeah. And, and I and he and he exploited that and he made money off of it, which is fine. And he still is to this day mm-hmm. um, off of selling the, you know, the back catalog. But I think I think Sam is right in that he recognized I don't want this dynamic again because that dynamic is when he had to let go of some control and he saw he couldn't, he can't control. So he tried to pull it into, all right, I'm just going to do this with all the people I know I can control. Yep. Robin, Fred, me, whoever. It suffered. They came up with this new direction for the show, which I think they've been selling to Sirius for a while. I don't think it was a success and I think it's kind of reached you know, a really extreme point where they're going to let him go. That's my <laughs> own um, opinion. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think that that's what happened. I think that Howard didn't want to have another Artie go on where a where personality became bigger than him mm-hmm. and more talented and, and more of a driver. And the show became more dependent on them because he couldn't control them. Which is ironic because in actual fact, when the 2000, when the summit thing happens and we'll have that, on, we have that on our channel as well, guys, it's three parts, um, our coverage of it. When he got rid of back office radio and then geek time, he was actually getting rid of more fan loved stuff and ruining his own show. Like Tor- not, he didn't have the savvy to realize that now, okay, that now I'm, I'm actually like uh, to, by making it more about me, I'm actually turning people off. Yeah, yeah, he well, he didn't he didn't have the foresight to say I'm becoming more irrelevant and I need to boost these other shows up. Mm-hmm. He needed to to be the business still, mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. somebody who's more intelligent or like a better performer. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it many times with musicians where they'll say I'm falling more into obscurity. I still know how to make this work and I still know how to represent talent. Mm-hmm. So what I'll do is I'll take new acts and I'll make sure that they have, you know, just just being a behind the scenes guy more yeah. or less like sort of sort of where like even in rap what Jay-Z has done to, to a large degree where he's like, I've I'm getting into my later years. I'm not as relevant as I am. I still have some 
relevancy, yeah. but yeah. what he is is more of a behind the scenes kind of guy that's able to prop up musicians because he knows the game. Like Howard didn't recognize that and he needed to still be the epicenter of everything. But mm-hmm. realistically, he was falling out of favor with everyone. And he's continued to in his new attempts at rebranding, I think have been a complete failure from from where I am. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Though. I'm not that tuned in. Yeah. Sam? Your point, Bob, has been echoed by one of the most famous podcasters of all time, Joe Rogan, who recently has just came out and said he watched the leaked footage of him during that 2013 summit, although I'd like to believe he watched our take on it. Mm. Maybe he Mm. has, maybe he hasn't. Maybe he will come up in his suggested list on YouTube. (laughs) Possibly. He said that he thought it was very sad that the person who he thought Howard was has become you need to get an A-list celebrity and a B-list celebrity. And Joe Rogan literally said, I don't listen or try to aspire to something. I just want to keep myself grounded and Mm -hmm. be interested in something. I want to cognitively care about something in order to keep this going. Because what I know is driving the success of this is my actual intellectual interest in something. And that's what's making the success of the show. Mm -hmm. Not the fact that I have this person on or that person on and they have this name recognition. His interest in something and highlighting them is what makes those people actually do better in their uh, notoriety. Well, Yeah. yeah. The, but the but the thing is, if you want an analogy on a more simplistic level, guys, think of a guy that wants to deck out his car with spoilers and rims and paint jobs and with custom paint jobs, but doesn't give a fuck about the engine. It doesn't care how fast it is. Doesn't care what he's how he's customized it or streamlined or whatever. He's like, now nah, fuck this. You know, I just want it to look good. And Howard was always obsessed with uh, star fucking, and that's the nature. I mean, it's surface level at best but we know he's not a deep person so this isn't a surprise what is surprising is that he stopped having like he had mark harris i think one time before mark harris passed away during the serious years as like a human interest thing but he was such an integral part of the early days and mark harris wasn't even that famous in his heyday but he was interesting on the show but Mm. this is what i think that rogan taps into that howard lost the fact that we cared more about people like uh, Riley Martin, Eric yeah. the Midget, these people that don't have a name, that were important to us because they were interesting, mm-hmm. that's the hook. Not the fact that they are a name and you're getting them on and kissing mm-hmm. their ass. And right. I think it's very, um, it's it, it's interesting to watch that dynamic of how Rogan has actually improved upon that. How he has mm. taken people that he's interested in, highlights them, and yes, of course, they're probably successful in whatever they do, but it boosts their popularity in a way because he gives the, his platform a voice, not because he has to, but because he wants to and likes it. Mm-hmm. I I'm a big believer that <clears throat> at the end of the day nobody's life is that interesting you know even the most interesting person if you listen to it enough you're gonna go oh yeah they just wake up and do this this and this right sure so and and 
I think that that and that's not to denigrate any any massive personality like you talk about huge personalities even even if you're talking about the president of the United States or something I bet you if you really sat with him for a week you'd be like okay I get it so the way that you do that is you you mix in variety and you you bolster certain personalities and certain you know it's 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 like a if you ever listen to an album and there's a drummer virtuoso and he's just going the whole time, after a while you're like, all right, I get it. The guy's a great drummer. Or there's a great guitarist. Or great, like you, you need that variety. And I think what was so hard for Howard, and he didn't want to view it from from this is really where NPD comes in and the ego, was he didn't want to see that he was fading. And I really think that his brand and and he would probably get another serious contract. Now, Howard's so connected to me is unpredictable. I don't know what he's going to do. I, I He is that much power. Like we're seeing these articles pop up here and they're like, that's a connected guy. Whether you want to say he is or I, I, you know, I don't know. But I think that Howard's brand would would seriously be a lot stronger if he just sort of became almost like a label and was able to, to bolster other uh, personalities but the thing is he he made it so much about himself and at the end of the day like what i just said like no one's really that interesting and howard in particular isn't that interesting like he he self-admittedly doesn't leave he stays in he you know like it's just not an interesting life to make everything about you so when i hear the new shows and like everything's about him it's not even just like a casual trashing. It's like, dude, this just isn't that interesting. Like, you just don't have that interesting of a life. And it's I'm ironic. hearing the same bits that I've been hearing for, for 20 years at this point. It's, like, it's ironic. He said it a long time ago about a discussion about, um, I think it was the Lena. It might have been the Lena Dunham thing. It was, I, I think it was the Lena Dunham show, Girls, where before he did the turnaround and kissed her ass, her fat fucking smarmy ass. She, he goes... Like the main character shouldn't be in the mix that often. You have you have to take them off screen so people don't get sick of them. But he never actually learned to apply it to himself, and now as a result, yeah. he's got such a complex. He's become this cult of personality where it yeah. is about me. It's always been about me, and he's he's convinced himself that he is as important as he really is. When you're right, someone like Bowie, for example, who realized his star was fading and he hooked up with Trent Reznor or he hooked up again with Brian Eno because he needed a name to kind of bolster his sound and, and also get to a new audience because his old audience wasn't buying new records anymore. Mm -hmm. And then by the time Mm -hmm. he, you know, and he, and he sort of succeeded in a way. Um, but, Mm -hmm. uh, at that point he was an icon as well, but he still had the humility to go, I might need some fresh hands i might need some fresh ears absolutely new uh session guitars or maybe or you know what maybe the ultimate thing maybe my time is done yes i'm not done but maybe my time is done yes and maybe now i go into a more you know uh manager type role or producer or whatever which which a lot of a lot of actors do a lot of talent do a lot of like if you look at a lot of movies or produce you know by by old actors and stuff just Mm because they they know the rigors of of the industry and yeah they know what'll work and won't work so but npd but npd people you can tell because they don't change and they'll dig their heels in the shit that's not working Mm-hmm. And then blame their down, audience yeah. and blame everything else for why it's not working. So yeah. let's yes. continue. Popular. No, it's, it's about <laughs> the fact that I know that as a man, 
This is me. I projected this onto you. Right. I like to see what the fuck's out there that wants to fuck me. That's right. it. Well, it can't, also, it came about on the wrap-up show, she has a boyfriend. Well, I heard Lucky. that, too. I, I heard well, that, too. And I got a letter from the guy. I didn't know it. I got a letter from him yesterday, an email. And it turns out it's the same way Artie kind of has a girlfriend now. Oh, it's not that yeah. solid. Yeah, no, I mean, it's no, not it's solid. Way, it's way more committed than anything I got going What, are they on. living together? The guy said, look, I would clearly be upset if she slept with somebody. Well, you don't. Okay, Sam. This is me projecting it onto you. What does that even mean, Bob? It means exactly what he just said. This okay. is me projecting it onto you. Right. That I, I just There's no there's nothing that else up. there, yeah. <laughs> That's you're you're literally insane. You are admitting that you're projecting an entire fallacy onto another human being. Okay. And he's also saying, he's like, you didn't vet this person. Like, yeah. you just let this person in here. You don't know what their situation. Like, this was not something <laughs> that was sincere. Like, I don't know. This is just fucking bullshit. Yep. Just let some street person in here, basically. Yeah. I don't think that girl who's sleeping with you would be upset. Of course she would. She's upset I'm sleeping with her. <laughs> uh, I don't want to spend all morning on this. I'm just saying. Really? I'm, it's just, no, I don't care. I, mean, it's just, <laughs> I guarantee it. Well, I'm very upset because I wanted to see the girl. Well, you'll get over it. You when you're in Burgundy, you'll get over it. Julia Roberts <laughs> will write me a letter. You'll get over it. You'll get when over you, it. When you're in Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love Artie. God damn it. His, his, his voice always cut through whatever yeah. din was going on. And it was always like the perfect, the perfect, uh, I don't know, the perfect, like a, a hit, a palpable hit. You know, <laughs> it was just so, in, he, like, That's not always incisive, got, but. He always got held to this different standard because of it, you know, because yeah. he was just so powerful in it. There's so many of those fights when you go back and look at it, it's like all those people were saying fucked up stuff towards him, but because he was so powerful and and so talented, it like he was always the bad guy, you know? Yeah. And he really yeah. wasn't. He was just defending himself. Do you think it came through more Artie's voice is because we resonate with it more? Do you know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Do you think we look Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's representing us. Yeah, it's everything. Cadence. Yeah. Okay. I ain't giving it to Artie. Rip up any email. I don't want Julia Roberts. She's lost her look. Jessica Alba. You know what she's not hot enough for Artie. Jessica Alba calls, I'll do it. No, you won't because you won't know about it. She's not going to get You know what? You're never going to know. I'll take the chance that that ain't going to happen. Okay. Oh, Jessica, write us today. Write us today. Hey, Gary, I don't want Artie getting any emails from any girls. Good. Okay. Bob. As As if he didn't already master this whole conversation he self-deprecates at the end and he goes hey you know what if jessica alba calls in i'll do it like uh, <laughs> like he just he's already just completely owned everybody hey you know what fuck it i'll do it if she calls in like he, they they he is masterfully played this entire thing right kudos 100 percent, bob and you know how masterful it is it's so pathetic when Robin says, oh, Jessica, write us today, write us today, that drops off so she fucking She sounds like an hard. insane person. She sounds like yeah. a fucking lunatic. They're also, exactly. by the way, 10 years since, like, the one time that Julia Roberts actually, I think she, she either she came in or she called in, I can't remember. Um, but it was like a one-off and never happened again. 
And um, it's like, and Artie's like, he I'll goes, take Julia Roberts has lost her looks. <laughs> like he's he's just being belligerent and flagrant. Like he, he's just he's won. He's won. Yeah, and he knows he has he, like whatever they can pile on him. It's not this. He's got his, his bullshit detector glasses on, so he can see right through it. From this yeah. show, this is the replay. greatest thing I've ever heard. You're, you're this on. Is replayed all day, Artie. All right, that's it. You're done. Girl, stop writing. Artie does not want to meet you. Yes, doesn't even matter. He ain't gonna meet you. I'm gonna make sure of it. You know, I'll I have to meet. Feel so I'll have to meet women off the air. When I get the good luck, when I get these emails from, um, uh, go ahead, Sam. That's interesting. Fred's uh, giggle in the back. Yeah. Oh yeah, is he's loving more it. towards he's more towards Artie than he oh, is yes. towards Howard, because yeah. he said, "Great, like Artie's being, you know, kind of gray rocking in the background, and Fred's laughing towards the gray rocking versus Howard's mm-hmm. antagonistic." Mm-hmm. Yep, no one laughs harder at the Pelican thing than Fred. And and Robin in turn, and both of whom are actually <laughs> jealous that he's able to do it, and that he's got the strength to do it. And I think they're when they does when it does come around to it, they're like, "Fuck it, like uh, go team Artie, team Artie." Silently, she's more despicable because she wants to say it, but she's still with Howard, like fucking parroting everything and trying to you know kowtow to his king babyisms, but. And then, it, and then I think there's a measure of self-loathing. Like I hate him for having the guts to do something I don't have the guts to do myself. Absolutely, one hundred percent. So, yeah. I don't know if that plays into the NPD on her thirty-four scale, but yeah, you kidding? It's got, it's yeah, got to. <laughs> so. they completely resent that in other people. All right, let's check this out. Uh, these broads, even even sometimes I get emails from people like who want to give people work and sure. this. And that. I feel I should give everybody every opportunity. I'm like that. I get <laughs> now Artie's hearing this, knowing that he's fucking poo-pooed his chance to try out at the um, the late late show already. Mm-hmm. Like years he's and he's also told him, No, you can't take time off for fucking beer league. This is well after this. So for him to hear this horse shit and not react the way he did, I would have been the same way as Artie. I would have been the exact same way. Worse, in fact. Just because of my nature. Picture the uh incredible Hulk gif. Yes. Which is like Fucking Lou Ferrigno throwing, you know, dressers. I, I honestly think I think Artie starts getting into it with him just because he's fucking bored. Yeah, like we just keep going over this, and he's just like, "All right, you want to get into it? Like we've, this has gone on now for a half an hour. Let's get into it." Like, Artie's like, and I, because I'm at that point, it's like, "Oh my god, we're going over this shit again." Artie's like that. Do you know that that art, that Art Deco thing where they have the the three the five uh, metal balls connected by a wire and you you, you push one and then it goes yes and then it did right but Artie's just grabbing it suddenly he's just like fuck it I want it to stop that met that metronome yeah I want I want it to stop yeah he's got to want it to stop absolutely he's bored with it yeah so let's continue paranoid if I don't like you might be every dumb little request right. And it's like I go, Man, face. Like, this chick might be hot. And if I fuck Artie up on this and don't help out, I'm yeah. an asshole. That's when I'm an oh. asshole. That's when I'm being greedy. <laughs> now, if you listen to Artie laugh, Artie Artie's laughing. For you. Him and I left at the same time. Like, exactly. Oh, yeah, that's what you're thinking? Really? Right. Yeah. He knows. Fuck it. So, yeah. Get a girl on the air. 
like fat guys. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, in, I'll insult this guy who I say I say is my friend on the air. I go, could you believe this hot chick likes fat guys? I'll do my bro, the gayest fucking thing ever, bro. <laughs> says that, and uh, I do douchebag. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And douchebag better. <laughs> listen, listen to yeah. Fred. <laughs> Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna point out some parts. He goes, he goes like this. Fred's laughing. And then Artie goes, yeah, I know you do. Just like that is the ultimate fuck you to how nerdy that statement is. I do douchebag. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah, I know. It's just like you just totally cut him down to size. Right. That was, I don't know how calculated it was, but isolating that word, that just took Howard down so many levels. And it was just so genius. Bro, yeah, I'm your bro. Like, because bro, this this is before bro even became a term. We all make fun of bro now. You oh, go to yeah. a bar, you'd be like, yeah, there's a few bros at the end of the fucking table. <laughs> and like, and bras, this is, this is, yeah, bra. Yeah, yeah, bro. But he just like made Howard look like such a fucking lame. Dork. He's like, dude, he's such a lame. And it just, God, he just killed him on this. I love it. Yeah. So let's let's power forward a little bit. Yeah, and you want to know something? I thought you were a bro. Honestly, I don't want to be a bro. I don't even know what the fuck that means. You know exactly what it means. A a dear friend. And you know what? Fuck you. He can't take you. You're not my fucking bro. Good. Fuck off. He'll keep Fred as a bro. That's right. Fuck off. Oh man. I mean it. I mean really. Bro is insulting. Bro, hey, you know what? I'll tell you what, man. In my day, because I grew up in the 60s, when you called some- <laughs> Okay, he's going to start justifying the etymology of the word bro, and he's going to go into the, like, what it means to me. Meanwhile, he has nobody he doesn't fucking pay to be his friend. He's yeah, panicked. Thought, this is exactly before this. I thought this was Howard, like, just, this is Howard speak, but now since Bob's come into the picture... This is total panic speak. Bob's yeah. extremely yeah. correct. Yeah. This is him throwing Scrambling. out. Yeah, he's throwing grenades. He has no idea. He's in Bomberman. They trapped him in, <laughs> and he's fucking gonna blow up. <laughs> it really is like those like those old video games where there's you had one button for like a uh, one button for like uh, guns and one for grenades, and then there was like a smart bomb function where like you just press that like hoping to get out of some fucking some like completely unwinnable situation. So yeah, and uh, he it's it's uh he's grasping at straws completely. But you bro and you fucking meant it. It meant something to people. Well, it's 2007. And, uh, well, okay. Bro. Like, you know what's <laughs> so, happening in 2007, uh, Mr. ACDC. Yeah. Bruce You're still living back in the, the 80s. Fuck right, I'm in the 80s. No, he's in the 60s. It's still 20 years ahead. Uh, I happen to traveling. use that term a lot, and you know what? Well, I use it with my friend, Dr. Lou, and I use it for my friend Pat, and my friend Pat calls me a bro. So let me- My fucking trainer, who I pay, calls me a bro. <laughs> If my best, Dr. if my Champ best buddy. example to, to anyone is my my bros, my trainer, <laughs> dude, fucking, I don't have any friends. Like, <laughs> straight up, I, mean, I just don't. I call my, I call the cashier at the gross at the at shop right. You know, I call her my bro, and I call, <laughs> I call a the trainer is the definition. My bro. 
Sorry, Bob, you said I, I, a I said, a, I said a, a train, a trainer is a definition of someone who isn't your friend. Like <laughs> they're just not your friend. They're just the most direct paid for friend you can actually have. Like bro for pay, <laughs> bro for pay. Exactly. Do you think Artie's <laughs> been listening to the show up until this point and have, has been employed by it and realizes Howard has no friends since he's oh, yeah. already previously heard I don't have any friends that I don't pay. Right. <laughs> and yeah. so when he says, my friend Pat Menachia, I think Artie's head just goes, oh, fuck you. If Artie, if Artie really wanted to light him up, he could turn his fucking world upside down right now. Oh, yeah. He's going about it in such a gentle way because it's how you have to move with these people. And he's going in and he he knows, dude, we're not friends. You don't have friends. You don't even know what a friend is. That you're you're all about producing this radio show. You don't have relationships with anybody. He doesn't yeah. come out and say that, but he's sort of alludes to. He's like, dude, everything's on the air. You don't yep. know what a friend is. You don't know what goes on with it. Like you violate all these rules of being friends with everybody. You bring up stuff. That I tell you in confidence, like you're not a fucking friend of mine. A friend would never do something like that. So at one point, you don't know what one, a friend is. At one point, Artie goes, "Are you so? Are you Benji's friend?" <laughs> I know that was a great cause line because he's, he's on the air. We'll have to get into that when we get into the next part. So, okay, and I'm gonna fly out there next week, and I'm going to straighten your ass out, <laughs> and I'm gonna make sure that you really get it. I'm gonna make sure that you know what a rude, thoughtless little pig you really are. Do you understand? You're a rude, thoughtless pig. So be ready on Friday the 20th, because I'm coming out there. I'm gonna tell you this, then I'm gonna turn around, I'm gonna fly right back home. You are a rude, <laughs> thoughtless pig. 